Welcome to the Uncooperative Radio Show with Brian Bonner, the finest uncooperative conservative radio on the net. Kicking down the walls, blowing away the smoke screens. You cockroaches, and you know who you are. You can run, but you can't hide. Brian Bonner stands for truth, justice, and the American way. Enemies of America, foreign and domestic, consider yourself on notice. Uncooperative Radio is coming for you. Radio show. I'm your host, Brian Bonner from uncooperativeblogger.com. You're listening to uncooperativeradio.com. And I'm here with my lovely wife and producer, Susan. Hello, Susan. Hello, American Patriots. Okay, what are we talking about this evening? On Thursdays, we start the show with the Pledge of Allegiance. You will opine on the advice and consent of the U.S. Senate and this new nominee. <sighs> the news behind the news, because we didn't get to it last show. And we will never forget Benghazi in your email, Hitlery. Followed by the illegal alien invasion report, then our military heroes if we get to it. Jam-packed. Jam-packed. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> well, but, and none of it notices about the election, Brian. What election? Right. All right, patriots, head of a hard-faced flag. You don't have a flag. Please get a flag. Or make one. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. <clears throat> all right. It's been a pretty interesting week, and it's a really interesting uh, St. Patrick's Day. It's got plenty of global warming outside here. Yes, we do. We didn't have this last year. I'm actually looking at my old day planner for you, and we didn't have this. It was all gone by March. You were going back and forth in the Land Rover. Yeah, I'm, uh, yeah, probably about ready. I was just about ready to do that. I know, but it, <laughs> but it snowed again. You were just about to break open the road. Yes, it was, and now I can't because I've got another six inches of snow, so that I can snowmobile. Oh wait! Someone's plowing between between me and where I need to go. Uh, maybe I can't. Who knows? I might be trapped up here. I could think of a better place to be trapped. All right. This is from CNSNews.com. The National Rifle Association, speaking for its millions of members and supporters, said on Wednesday it strongly opposes the nomination of Merrick Garland to the U.S. Supreme Court based on Garland's view of the Second Amendment. Now, this is only one little commie fact about this guy. You need to sign the petitions not to uh, keep putting pressure on Trey Gowdy and McConnell. No hearings on his nominee. Not until the new Congress is sworn in. 
Well, and the new president, of course. Anyway, so in fact, a basic analysis of Merrick Garland's judicial record shows that he does not respect our fundamental individual right to keep and bear arms for self-defense, Chris Cox, executive director of NRA's Institute for Legislative Action, said in a statement. The NRA's concern centers on Garland's involvement in two gun rights cases. As a federal appeals court judge in the District of Columbia, Judge Garland in 2007 wanted the full court to reconsider a panel decision that struck down Washington, D.C.'s ban on handgun ownership. According to the Associated Press, Garland never took a position on the merits of the case. In 2000, the AP noted Judge Garland was part of a two-to-one majority that said the FBI could retain gun purchase records for six months to make sure the computerized instant background check system was working. The FBI's position was challenged by the NRA and other Second Amendment groups, and if you don't remember, that's because the the legislation expressly said they were not allowed to keep it. So... The judge doesn't get to hear there's no there's no case for them to hear. They don't have no jurisdiction to hear this. I know, well who will? Well nobody. It's kind of your employer, you know. Uh anyway. What why hear a case about something that's the law? That they're saying they don't want to follow the law. That that's what they said. And they they also, being the FBI, uh are not Believe it or not, according to the definition of the words, part of the federal judiciary's jurisdiction. This, and I know it. Look, I could try to explain it all day, but let's just put it this way: there's no real reason for the FBI to exist. Uh, there's no constitutional reason for it, other than to enforce the unconstitutional laws that aren't supposed to be enforced. So, see, we don't need an FBI either. I keep going on this way, but it's all messed together. That's why. How come there's nothing in the Constitution that talks about this? Because, well, it's not supposed to exist. It's, it it didn't talk about it because it just doesn't exist. Until it's amended, the Constitution, well, then that doesn't exist. You brought up a really good point also. that it says, really, I was trying to confuse people with that last one. Advice and consent. We didn't get to that part yet. Okay. Because <laughs> it had, well, my, well, when you get to it, that was a really good point. Okay. Where was I? Oh, with the instant background check. With Justice Scalia's tragic passing, there is no longer a majority of support among the justices for the fundamental individual right to own a firearm for self-defense. The NRA's Cox said on Wednesday, Georgetown University law professor Jonathan Turley told MSLSD's Morning Joe on Thursday that Garland is a moderate. Well, a moderate for MSLSD is a left-wing loon to us. But he also said there are a few issues that might worry conservatives. One of them is that he voted to reconsider the case that became Heller, and Heller was the case where the Supreme Court said that there is an individual right to bear arms under the Second Amendment. What, you kidding me? Misspelled amendment? 
Heller is gospel for conservatives, and he is viewed as sort of a non-believer in that. Well, first of all, i got to say, I don't see why any court case would be gospel for conservatives. Conservatives understand that the Second Amendment doesn't need a judicial decision, which is case law, which is unconstitutional in itself. But no, the second, look, the Second Amendment didn't even, the whole Bill of Rights was not originally part of the Constitution. This was asked for near the end of convention. The states wanted extra protection against their powers and the people's powers being stolen. So, against Madison's advice, which I concurred with, that is unnecessary because they can't do any of those things right now. However, when you start putting things like this in the Constitution, it opens Pandora's box. Because, see, it says, this says what the government can't do. This is where we get our rights from, I hear from people. You do not get your rights from the Bill of Rights or the Constitution. You get rights from your Creator. The government gets all its power and rights from we the people. Without we the people, they have no power, no rights. Until they steal it all from us using coercive force, which they've been handily doing. A good example of how I and Madison was right is, look at what the courts have done to the Bill of Rights. Look at that government up there and what it's doing that it's not supposed to be doing. The Bill of Rights didn't help us, did it? See, but if everybody understood unalienable, unalienable, do not say inalienable. It makes you sound like um, like you're not educated. The original uh, by Thomas Jefferson said inalienable. The Committee of Five crossed that word out and put unalienable. Why would they bother? Well, they said so. Well, the difference between inalienable and unalienable is inalienable, you can give your rights away. Unalienable rights, you can't give them away. They can't be taken from you. Unless by course, of course. Well, but the Senate has been doing this for a very, very long time, Brian. They're not even asking for consent. They're well, just the appointing. Of, well, let's get to advice and consent, all right? What, what does the first thing that it says? Advice. Okay. When did uh, Obamanis listen to the advice of the Senate on who to pick for a judicial nominee for the Supreme Court? Oh, that would be never, right? Well, when did Bush? So there's no advice. So there's no consent. There you go. That's all they have to say. That's it. But neither did Bush. Yeah, back then I was still learning. I mean, there's, it's been a very long time since any president has asked for the Senate's advice on any appointment. Yeah, well, I, I, I don't know what goes on behind the scenes sometimes, but I know with this guy he didn't. I know for sure he didn't. Uh, I do not know that GW did not ask for advice on who who should be on the shortlist for nominations. But I do believe he did meet with, I, I remember meeting with at least the Republicans. And uh, so, 
He's getting some advice, at least. But, yes, I understand advice and consent. You know, the problem here is, should they have hold a hearing? No. Because, the let's start with this. Six to six court. There's only, there's only eight, I'm sorry, there's only, it's an eight people court now, and that can't function. Well, if nothing but four to four decisions. Well, that's nonsense since the, the swing votes on the conservative side, supposedly, and always swings over to the other side. So I, I see a lot of five to three uh, coming out. But at any rate, everybody should be agreeing what the Constitution says because it's a document. It doesn't live. It doesn't breathe. It doesn't change through your myopic eye. It, does, it's, it is what it was when it was written. I love the prog that and was so on. amended. I love the prog that was on Hannity's uh, show today fighting about this and the other person, I don't know how conservative he was, but he said it's, you know, it's the Constitution, it's our founding document. And he, the prog literally said most, uh, 60% of the people in the United States don't even care about the founding document. Well, it's, that's, a tr- that's a problem. But how would he know that? I know. Because he, he doesn't. Because they always, they project their their views on the rest of of a so-called majority and when when you really look into it census wise and all, you find out that actually the the left is a very small portion of this country. But he came out and said it. Then there right are the, but then there are the people that are low information people that you know just bought whatever they shut in their head in school and forgot half of that and uh, never even thought about the Constitution. There are those people too. But, but there's a whole movement of people interested in the Constitution. But they're so empowered and bold that they're coming right out and saying the Constitution does not matter. We don't care. Right. He's just saying, well, the voters don't care what you said about the Constitution. Like, well, how do you know? Here we go again. Uh, just like the Republican Party always knows who's the one that that can win the election, right? I'll give you McCain. i give you Noodlehead. Romney. <laughs> uh, yeah, Romney. I, I, I'm sorry. He, he, he's just, he looks fake to me. What is it with all the, the Mormons whitening their teeth to this, or capping them? Because I remember that's what they were doing. Uh, uh, Donnie and Marie. So they, they have these blazing white teeth and uh, big smiles all the time. It's like looking at a Cheshire cat. It's a little unsettling. Uh, it's not normal. People don't normally look like that. But, uh, you know, and... and Romney looked like a plastic doll, if you ask me, and kind of had the affect of one, too. I, I knew Romney couldn't win. I knew McCain couldn't win. But let's listen to the elites of the Republican Party, because the establishment knows so much better who the nominee should be. Oh, by the way, someone just, someone, a delegate just told off the, uh, um, people he said the people don't decide who our pick is going to be we decide who will be on the ticket really see that's the that's what their attitude is up there no 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 we don't care about you people who you want we just we decide who who gets to be the nominee this is going to be some convention if they're if it's going the way they're planning on going, this is going to be ugly. 
And if Kasich is part of this, he should be ashamed of himself. And again, why I would never vote for Kasich. He's an establishment elite Republican. I think he's a fiscal conservative. So what? So is Rudy Giuliani. What difference does that make? Anyway, and again, Rudy Giuliani, you know, he's not conservative. Um, so we did the advice that said that everyone wants to talk about. They have our constitutional responsibility. No, they have no constitutional responsibility to hold hearings. It doesn't say that. It says with the advice and consent of the Senate. No advice. No, there's no consent. Look, what people don't understand, Obamanus is right in his words, but not in his acts. This is not supposed to be a political thing or an ideological thing. The Constitution isn't political. It's a list of enumerated powers for the government. And in one small place, a list of things that they did wrong under the Articles of Confederation that they were told not to do again. That's it. Simple. Done. So, what's to, what is this thing about, uh, why should there be any shift in or any idea that there should be people that try and comprehend what 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 the words mean rather than someone who takes the constitution literally as is the only way to take a constitution and it means what it the founders said it meant when they made it it's simple Early justices didn't have access to Madison's notes. I can understand different ways of approaching the Constitution that started then, because then they weren't allowed to release Madison's notes. They were kept in the Library of Congress until such date as uh, everybody involved was dead, pretty much. But anyway... So if we were, if they were really being honest, if the Democrat Party really cared about our country and didn't hate our country, well, then the judges they put in there would be judges. They would they would use the literal meaning of the Constitution as the writings of the founders said they were, especially the actual framers. Again, Madison's notes was of the Convention of 1787, so. Once that was released in the 1800s, now they had all they needed to know about the Constitution. Everything, everything, everything they needed to know about the Constitution, right there. Done. All they have to do is refer to it, and they don't have no problems. Nope, nope, don't need the Federalist Papers. Federalist Papers are a bunch of junk anyway, sorry. I hate to break it to you that, uh, that for instance, Alexander Hamilton lied. He lied in the Federalist Papers, so... There you go. That's how useful the federal Federalist Papers are to me. Uh, Madison's part of the that he wrote, of course, they're they're correct. But if you try and understand it, it is incredibly difficult to understand what that man was saying. Uh, but in the Constitutional Convention, it is note taking was very clear. So we know the debates, we know the arguments, we know all the different ideas, and then we know what they decided on, See, which is the ratified Constitution. You make another good point. They do, they never, I've never heard in any decision I've read, and I don't read hardly any, them citing the Constitution. They always cite case law or precedence law. Always. Never. 
That they're supposed to cite the Constitution. Precedent is case law. Okay, but Same that's thing. all they. But that's all they cite. They don't cite anything well, else. They should be cite Madison's notes, don't you think? Pay, day so and so, page so and so, clause so and so. But if you're interested in learning about that and you'd rather listen than uh, read it, or you want to read and listen. At the same time, follow along with the show. You can go to Patriots Pub, PatriotsPub.us. U.S. history, the Constitution, just the facts, no politics. You'll know everything you need, everything. You'll know everything. You'll be like Donald Trump. You'll know everything in your brain. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I could, I, I could resist that one. Uh, <laughs> but you'll you'll know it. No party-headed professor is going to be able to tell you otherwise after that. You, you will know you will know it. You won't read it. You won't be interpreting it. You know it. And that's how we're supposed to do. And it's not really that hard to know, especially if you didn't have to do all the work I did and you go to Patriots Pub. If you've done the Patriots Pub already, you might want to shoot over to Susan's uh, Women of the Revolution at TalkShoe.com. That different perspective in history than the Patriots Pub is just a different show completely. But it's a good history show, um, and it's inter- and it's interesting because it's interesting to find out about what the women were like back then and how again what we were told about them was a bunch of nonsense. But you can find out at Women of the Revolution at TalkShoe.com. Okay, so you don't have to go any more into this because you made a lot of much better points than this next nonsense from our idiot in chief. Right. Oh no! And, and the, <laughs> yes. Avalanche. And the point should be that uh, if they weren't anti-American, they would not be. First of all, these kinds of judges should never exist in the first place on any level. Uh, but certainly, you you don't put ideologues on the court if you're a person who's honestly trying to to serve your country instead of steal from your country. So, but that's not the way it's going to work. But see, they scream louder than we do about all this stuff, uh, the left, because they want to win. All they they want to win. They just want to win. They want it over ready. They want all of you under their thumb. They want to laugh at all those conservatives. They want to put us in shackles and reeducation camps. Yeah, some of these uh, young lefties are lunatics. <laughs> they are, yeah, man. You put socialism and millennialism together and ugh, ugh, that's meh that's nasty and also violent notice bernie's bernie's kids are violent aren't they yes you are yes they are and they're not for free speech either are they nope just bernie's speech no but no conservative speech conservatism is evil bad you don't care about anybody blah 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 uh, we don't have to care about anybody, really, because that's not the government. That's that's uh, that the government's doing it for us, thanks to you left wing loons. The government does all the charity now. There's no hardly any charity left in America to be done because the government does it. Government, does, it's not charity. Well, I'm sorry, you can call it what you will, but when the government unconstitutionally takes money from productive people and gives it to unproductive people, or anybody for that matter, suffering for for whatever reason, and if you haven't read Sockdologer, you should, and I'll read it again one day. Uh, it's not my favorite thing to read because it chokes me up. It's a really good story. And it, I just wish that today was like Sockdologer. 
Well, the people were educated back then. <laughs> and and held their their people to the feet to the fire. They knew the Constitution. He said, no, you're not allowed to take our money and give it to a bunch of women and orphans because of a fire. That's not That's not your money. Take your money and give it to them. That's the right thing to do. And, and you know, of course, the story is a lot better than that, but that gives you an idea of what it's about. All right. How do you want to handle this? How do I want to handle it? It's almost time for our soft, first soft break. Oh, let's go to break. All righty. All right, Chunk Quap Radio Show. Stay tuned, cause we'll be right back. You live here? Yes. Well, maybe you know what a zombie is. When a person dies and is buried, it seems a certain voodoo priest who who have the power to bring him back to life. Horrible. It's worse than horrible because a zombie has no will of his own. You see them sometimes, walking around blindly with dead eyes, following orders, not knowing what they do, not caring. You mean like Democrats? Do you use Viagra or Cialis? Have you been thinking about trying Viagra or Cialis? What if we could promise you the same results for less than $3 a pill? If you're paying $20 a pill for Viagra, you're getting taken to the cleaners. Our pill delivers the exact same results for less than $3. We'll do the math for you. You save more than $16 a pill for the same results. Want more? We'll give you 40 blue pills or 40 yellow pills for $99 and add four more pills free. You save more than $500. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to know what to do next. You need to call 800-764-9168 and get your 44 pills for just $99. Stop overpaying for Viagra. Call us and start saving a ton of money for the exact same results. Ordering is fast and easy with your pills delivered to your door in an unmarked package. Call us right now, 800 764 800-764-9168. That's 800-764-9168. If you are successful at what you do, whether you're a doctor, a lawyer, a business owner, or you have a great career, you understand the concept of protecting yourself. Well, are you protecting yourself, your family, and your assets with quality term life insurance? Consider these possible rates. A man age 45, non-tobacco user, could obtain $1 million of coverage for as little as $75 a month. And this rate is fixed for the next 10 years. We specialize in policies of $500,000 and above. A man age 50, non-tobacco user, may be able to obtain $500,000 of coverage for as little as $115 a month. And this rate is fixed for the next 20 years. We have great rates for smokers, too. Call the Term Lifeline now. 800-430-1891 Opening a registered nurse's eyes A life-altering journey across North America By Susan Francis Bonner Is available in ebook form for Kindle owners At Amazon.com for $7.99 This true story chronicles the changes Susan witnessed in nursing The medical field and in our nation During the years 1998 to 2002. It is written to expose what goes on behind the scenes concerning health care in this country, the common problems our nation faces, and what it is like to live across North America as a travel nurse. It is not politically correct 
or for the faint of heart. She hopes to inspire her fellow Americans to stand up for what is right and persevere no matter what the difficulties they encounter on the great journey that is called life. Again, the novel is Opening a Registered Nurse's Eyes, a life-altering journey across North America by Susan Francis Bonner is available in ebook form for Kindle owners at Amazon.com. If you're struggling to pay or haven't been making your student loan payments, listen carefully to this urgent alert. Have you been out of school for 10 or more years and you're still making your student loan payments? Are your student loans past due or even in default? Can't go back to school because of an old student loan problem? We can help you if you qualify. Your student loans can be taken out of default. We can stop the wage garnishments, stop the collection calls, and stop the seizure of your tax refund. Give yourself a break. Stop the stress and see if we can help you reduce your student loan payments. One quick 10-minute call could solve them right now. So call the Student Loan Helpline now. 800-215-6813 800-215-6813 This is a fee-based document preparation service to help you access free government programs. Call for complete details not available in all states. Back to the Uncoveted Radio Show, half of hour one. Well, if they don't care about the Constitution, they better start because this is getting bad. Uh, if if they understood the Constitution, everybody would care about the Constitution. It's pr- supposed to protect us from the government stealing our liberties, like it has been for uh, doing now during the Progressive Era. Yeah, it's a, they don't teach the progressive era anymore because it never stopped. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> oh, you got a button to push. I do have a button to push. Yeah. Now, have you ever stopped to wonder why the world's in such a mess? Why there's so much mindless mayhem on the TV and the press? Why so many busy businessmen are snapping from the stress? And the rest of us are jogging from the occurred to you or ever cross your mind that the problems of this nation are created by design that no matter what they tell you there's another bottom line intertwined between the patterns of deception since our eyes were first opened and our ears began to hear they've been hurting us like cattle through our fantasies and fears they move us through illusion and confusion of the mind and by changing subtle meanings to the words between the lines Okay, thank you. Call Clang Clang with a com. Of course, that means it's time for the news behind the news. From the Associate Press, Los Angeles County's coroner is resigning after only two and a half years, saying understaffing left him unable to do the job amid complaints of stacked body and testing backlogs. Medical examiner coroner Mark Frigiato will return to his former job as chief forensic pathologist 
in nearby Riverside County. Well, it's good to know he's still got a job with the Uck County, right? I don't. I don't like guys like this. Doctors like this for some reason. I don't know. I, sometimes I. I think that they only want to work for the government because they can't hack it in the private sector. Well, there's no private sector coroners. They're all. They're well, all. Yeah. It could be. Well, they're never going to be. Why not? Why? Why could? Why couldn't the company take it over? Right. It, it would be. It would. It would take any politics out of it. Because... Well, and also it would probably save a lot of money. Oh, anything you get the government out of saves a lot of money. Well, what this is the news behind this news? There's so many dead it's only people. The, it's only the first paragraph, Susan. There's so many dead people in Los Angeles. Well, there are a lot of dead people in Los Angeles, just like there are in New York City, and you got to have a big enough morgue to deal with it. I don't know what they're doing in Los Angeles. I only know what New York City's looks like. And yes. still, they have they end up with bodies backlogged. They're in the hallways down down in the basement all the time. But uh, yeah, all the hallways aligned with gur- gurneys full of bodies. It isn't just there a lot decomposing of, and stink. Ugh. A, isn't there a lot of illegals there? Of course, there's a lot of illegal and a lot of crime there, and there's a lot of illegals in New York City now too. I know when we left, uh, there wasn't a big Hispanic population, uh, mostly in Spanish Harlem and littered here, here and there. But I know for a fact that from listening to people back there that uh, they got inundated with illegal aliens as well. And they got that to deal with. Which causes all kinds of problems like zoning problems because, you know, they want to live like 20 to a house. Uh, Parking issues because they want to live 20 to a house. Uh, Just problems with culture like I don't know. Muslims, for instance, think it's okay to uh, rape women and molest them, and that any law that says otherwise is against the Prophet Muhammad and Islam. I'm glad they're starting to sound like the kooks they are, because y'all don't believe me. You know, I could do a show. I could just do a show every day on on illegal aliens and Muslims, if you like. But that's just not the kind of radio show I like to do. No, that's that's why most of my listeners have been around the show for a long, long time. Okay, so back to the medical examiner there. Ultimately, I wasn't supplied the resources I needed to do the job. He told the Los Angeles Times, every year we made requests for positions that needed to be filled. Each year, we were not supplied the personnel we needed. This is what happens with socialism, ladies and gentlemen. Sooner or later, there's nobody else's money to spend. And this happens. Well, they can't They can't find another one because they can't afford to pay anybody to do the job. That's why, because they're just so busy wasting our tax dollars on everything they're not supposed to do that they don't have anything for all the things they are supposed to do. See, that's how it works. You can either you can either take care of all the poor people in in your state, or and in your country with by taking away from the productive people in your country slash nation, or you could know that government must live within its bounds and it can't borrow because that is actually against the law. Constitution is the law. States cannot emit bills of credit. That one is just right in there. 
Right in uh, Article 1, Section 9. Yeah, 9, that's the ticket. 9, like the German 9. No, yeah. All the things that say no. That's how I remember it's 9. All right, uh, where was I this thing here? I, I, I can imagine this is going to get more interesting. Fajardo submitted his resignation to county supervisors Friday. It will take effect on April the 15th. The board is committed to ensuring that the coroner has and continues to have the resources necessary to fulfill its obligation to the residents of Los Angeles County, Supervisor Michael D. Antonovich said in a statement. Well, you know he's a lying piece of crap now, don't you? Trust me. The guy that said they, he wasn't given enough resources to do the job and left and went to do his job in a different county that did, I'd listen to him over the politician is trying to cover his backside. The coroner's office is one of the busiest in the nation, handling about 8,500 physical examinations a year as part of more than 20,000 investigations to determine the cause of death. But there have been complaints about the speed of handling cases, which include everything from natural deaths to drug overdoses and shootings. Hernesha Thomas said she had to wait weeks before the office released the body of her brother, Deontra Gant, 35, who was shot to death in June. The family had to wait to set the funeral, and by that time there was some decomposition of the body. Yeah, I'd imagine so. It doesn't take that long to start decomposing. He had an open casket, but... He was darker than what he should have been because he sat there for so long, she told the Times. About 180 bodies are stacked in the morgue. It's nuts, Fajardo told the Los Angeles Daily News. The office has a backlog of several hundred toxicology tests, which determine such things as whether drugs or alcohol were in the body. The tests are taking up to six months to complete. The coroner cannot close a case while the tests are pending. Carter's assistant chief Ed Winter told the Times that the delay is caused by a shortage of criminalists. Some workers have left for better paying jobs elsewhere. Right, where where it isn't such a socialist cesspool. Just still socialist, just not as much a cesspool. The department has about 200 employees down from 220 employees about a year ago. Winter told Daily News. The department requested a $42.7 million budget this fiscal year. The recommended budget was $32.4 million, $32. million, the Daily News said. In Riverside County, Fajardo will take over from Jennifer Park, who replaced him when he joined the Los Angeles County in August 2013. Park resigned as chief forensic pathologist in January to seek a career opportunity elsewhere. Riverside County Chief Deputy John Anderson wrote in an email to the Riverside Press hyphen enterprise. This little play is just a small portion of the kind of nonsense that is going on in California because they have become so socialist. And what did Marx say the only point of socialism was? Communism. There you go.
Yeah, well, we've never had a real communist country because it it can't happen. It it just can't happen. We've tried communes; they failed both when the founding of our nation and during the sixties. Uh, you know, it's <laughs> I, I I don't you can't explain to these left wing lunatics that although if your ideas sound good on paper, in reality they cannot work. Not without enslaving the masses to serfdom. Which is what it seems we're working overtime to become. I don't know. Well, this election is going to be telling. I'll tell you what. We'll know right away whether or not we're going to all just sink. Because if this election goes the wrong way, we're in deep, deep trouble. We're in deep trouble either way because he ain't done destroying the place yet and he hasn't left. And they make the worst mess on the way out the door. And I guarantee you, everything if a Republican wins, everything's going to be trashed in the White House again as well. Oh, big deal. It's our money. It's our money. They destroyed our equipment. They destroy our desks. They destroy our rugs. They destroy our walls. They're ours. And when they do that, the government takes more of our money and fixes it. Or borrows. Or should I say both? Boy, if, if y'all read Solinsky's Rules for Radicals, you'd realize they're almost, they're almost done. The, it, except for taking our guns away and nailing down our health care being controlled by them. They're done with Solis' plan to completely take us over into a socialist country. Done. So every time you hear anything about health care that isn't open free market, no. No, no, we don't want a socialist, a more socialist light version of Obamacare. We want free markets. We want the Constitution to be enforced. And that's what the Commerce Clause is all about. You're supposed to stop states from forbidding other states from trading across their borders. And that's what they do exactly with health insurance. And that's why health insurance is so expensive. Well, that and all the government money in health care. Again, wherever the government money goes, it's going to be expensive and messed up. Look at our universities. So much of government money goes to pay for kids that shouldn't be able to afford to go to college, going to college. So they can charge anything they want. The government can print money. Who cares? Plus, they use it as a way to money launder that money back into left-wing candidates and Democrats of note. And I'm sure that was a lot farther than I was supposed to go with this, but I don't care. I'm in a foul mood, I'm in pain, and I have to put up with this government. It's disgusting. And I don't care about the debates being canceled. There were too many debates already. They should have spread them out a little bit. Uh, you know, it's ridiculous. And uh, But I would say if I was Trump, I don't know if his people are listening or not, but... If I was Trump, 
I would get together with Cruz and do a one-on-one debate where you both get to answer the same questions. Otherwise, it is not a debate. And what we've seen are not debates, which is another reason why you shouldn't want to see them anyway. They were, these things were staged by uh, various levels of... Progs. Yeah, leftist, <laughs> you know, rightist, leftist, progs all the way down. Did all for varying degrees, including Megyn Kelly, uh, was designed to pick who they who they thought should go, and more importantly, to torpedo anybody they didn't like. That's not a debate. That's not the job of a debate moderator. You ask the question, you make sure both of them stay within the allotted time, and you move on to the next question. That's what a moderator does, moderate. He doesn't speak. He doesn't offer an opinion. He, she, it, whatever. We're not interested in your opinions. We want to hear theirs. And and if you can't ask the same question to both of them, then you shouldn't be asking the question. Because it's likely some kind of gotcha question. Again, a real debate, real moderator. Levin said he'd do it. I heard him. So screw him. Nail him for the job. We'll trust him. He knows he should know how to moderate a debate. But after reading the Liberty Amendments... Maybe somebody should refresh him because he needs some refreshing on a limited government constitution, liberty. You just know because the Liberty Amendments, they're very, they're very, very bad. Yes, I've covered it already. I, and I'm not going to keep ringing out his book and going through stinking amendments one by one, telling you how they're going to destroy the constitution. I'd rather keep informing you on the Constitution so that you could look at it and figure it out for yourself. That's my goal. I want all my listeners to be able to just know right away if it's constitutional or not, if a government's supposed to be doing it or not. All right. This is from some place I've definitely never been before. Although when I was a kid, I do remember learning about Sputnik because I was a space junkie, of course, as a kid. I was a science junkie, really, when I was a kid. Any science. I just I just love science. Chemistry, playing. Not, not I didn't really like chemistry when I took it, but playing with it when I had my own chemistry set, that was fun. Uh, you, you get it. You know, you, know, you can make you can make things burst into flames. and you, There's all kinds of things. You can make, go, make things smoke and, well... Even as a kid, you could do some safe stuff. But I don't know about safety because looking at the way kids are raised today, the way the government tells you you have to raise them, all our parents would have been in jail for child abuse. you got to be kidding me. Seatbelts? There were no seatbelts in the back seat. If there was, we, we would hit each other with them. Uh, <laughs> uh, not me being an only kid, but I have been in that situation uh, but yeah no we, we stand out look out the back window you just there was no eh, no thought of it at all and every time someone had to stop short if you were sitting in the front seat there was the magic arm the parent put their arms out in a real accident you know they're not gonna be able to stop that but but it does work uh when they just stop short but yeah they, they, let's see they smoked and uh in the car with the windows rolled up Unbelievable. And we lived. And yeah, same in our house. Choking on that stuff. I hated it. I always hated cigarettes. 
Uh, why would anybody put that stink stick in their mouth? Uh, and why should I breathe your smoke? <laughs> but, you know, that's the way it was back then. Uh, but food was cheaper. Fuel was cheaper. Well, except until Timmy Jimmy Carter got in and just blew everything up with regulations. Oh, the left always thinks you can regulate this and regulate that. And there's no consequences. Well, there is. And you're see, you're feeling the consequences of a way, way lot of overregulation that is keeping this economy exactly stagnant. And it's designed to keep it stagnant, actually. But back to Sputnik news. Mexico is being swept by a wave of satanic ritual killings with exorcists saying there is an unprecedented demand for their services. The uh, Hispanic people are overly emotional a lot, if you don't know. Uh, Prone to panic attacks, especially the women. I'm I'm just saying, very, very emotional people. Father Jose Antonio Fortea, a leading Mexican exorcist who once ordered the mass exorcism of the whole country, has warned of an increase in satanic ritual killings. Oh, he, he, he's a nutcase. <laughs> mass, you cannot do a exorcism of a country. You're lucky if you can do a real exorcism. I'm that real exorcist. They're usually... The one that I've ever with nerve bundles of nerves. He said that devil worship stemmed from the so-called cult of Santa Muerte. Saint Death? Depicted as a human corpse with all the flesh picked off, off the bones and dressed like a bride for her wedding. The name means holy death. And it harks back to the days when to be sacrificed to the Aztec gods was considered the greatest honor. Okay. I, wow. I, ugh. <laughs> That's worse than our Satanists. Our, our Satanists here, they're not that bad. Ugh. They don't worship some decayed corpse. Edwin Juarez Palma, a 24-year-old restaurant worker, was beaten, strangled, and had his neck slashed with a broken bottle by the proponents of the vampire cult during a ceremony intended to turn him into a vampire, the son wrote. Did I mention evil was like oozing out of all the seams and corners and cracks and crevices and how emboldened it's become? This is a perfect story to make that settle in. All right, uh, so, yeah, man, this, this vampire is—it's just—this has got to be the end times. Gotta. That's all the these new- people with the vampires <laughs> and the werewolves and the zombies and the post-apocalyptic this, that, and the other thing. It this has got to be coming out for some reason that all these things just started coming out of nowhere like a phenomenon. You don't remember the zombie flash mobs. That's what I said. That this is the, that's the news behind the news. <laughs> I'm getting all tongue tied. Yeah, um, we're the end times. Look at that. 
And, you know, we want these people in our country. How many of them already came in that uh, believe in this devil worship that we don't even know about? Oh, probably goes great with mixed in with uh, MS-13 gang kind of stuff. They love they do worship death. So. Well, you know, just telling you the truth. Did you notice all the tattoos on all the children? Police said that the young man was killed after being fooled into taking part in an initiation ceremony to become part of a satanic cult called the Sons of Baphomet. I I don't know. Is that a one? I guess so. <laughs> I don't. It, yeah, it's. I think it's a one. I'll have to just. Say, I guess it's. Baphomet the first? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Instead, he was tortured after having his hands tied behind his back after one of the alleged killers persuaded the others that their victim should be sacrificed so he could return to life as a vampire. Two men and one woman, later arrested in connection with the killing, admitted that they belonged to the sons of Baphomet. That's different than that one. I know. <laughs> this one says Baphomet one cult. That says Baphomet, and i almost positive that's the correct spelling. The first one. What I studied demonology, I was a... Never mind. I was uh, I was this Franciscan friar once upon a time who had interest in the occult. You'd be surprised how much of that stuff's in the Catholic Church. Police Chief Pablo Roca said... This crime took place during an initiation ceremony led by a satanic sect called Sons of Baphomet One, during which the victim was supposed to become a vampire. I have a question. How many Baphomets are there? I know, right? <laughs> Again, this is something that we're not hearing about when we're taking in undocumented children. Yeah, or we're, or we're going crazy attacking each other over Cruz and Trump. I'm not, I don't attack anybody over anything. I I just state the facts, and the facts are the facts. The Mexican drug cartels reportedly pray to Santa Muerta for protection from the police and from death. They asked the skeletal saint to watch over their shipments of drugs and offer up human sacrifices of her. I saw a documentary on this and they brought up this Santa Morte stuff this has become a real problem over there we'll pick this up on the other side it's Young Cooperative Radio Show you stay tuned cause we'll be right back <laughs> Read the Declaration of Independence. It's an old document that never grows old. This has been a public service announcement from the Uncooperative Radio Show. Are you a city-dwelling liberal who loves the environment? Do you cry every night because you feel that global warming will destroy the earth by the time you wake up? 
Is your only goal in life to smash the George Bush and Dick Cheney evil oil empire? And is Al Gore your arch magi of all that is green? Then do we have a solution for you? Yes, liberals, here's your chance to do your part to change America from a freedom-loving republic to a communist socialist paradise. Just walk, bike, or drive your carbon-credit vehicle to the uncooperative moped dealership. We carry an assortment of diverse and politically correct mopeds in every style and color, liberal smell not included. Our dealership knows the importance of stopping global warming and defeating the warmongering conservative from taking over the world by getting rid of all the cars, SUVs, light trucks and pickup trucks, and soccer mom vans from our city streets. So drive your patchouli-loving ass out of the gas-guzzling, environmentally-destroying, mechanically-driven device today and onto one of our fully-loaded mopeds. Al Gore will be glad you did. Woo! I don't know if this is a good idea, son. Using funk. But, Dad, we gotta reach out to our face somehow. Besides, I love James Brown. What will your mother think? The border goes from coast to coast. Easy to get into here. We got intercontinental overload. Just slip under the fence. It don't make any sense when there's no documentation. That's too far. And somehow or some way we're gonna find out who you are. Sneaking in America. Try to hide from immigration. Sneaking in America. Land, across the nation, sneaking in America. Got to have some legislation. Welcome to the Red State Cafe. My name is Darla. You ready to order, sweetie? Your omelets are made with organic eggs, right? They come from a chicken's ass. That organic enough for you, sugar? Uh, what's your pork? Is it steroid-free? It is by the time Chef Earl is done with it, honey. Well, how about your chicken fried steak? That's made with free-range chicken, right? Free-range? We can't afford to give it away, darling. Look, I don't see it on the menu, but can you just make me a progressive omelet? <laughs> sugar, you're in the wrong restaurant. She'll be alright For a while For a while She can smile Until Barack comes back And she goes on the attack And it doesn't work Oh, hell! You know I taught her well You couldn't tell That she fakes crying Uh, what should we do about evil? Uh, that's, that's a good question. Uh, 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 evil exists, we see it all the time. In the streets, Darfur, but not in Iraq at any time. We need to be humble and not have a spine. Defeat it. Let me just say... Uh, Defeat it. I'm Sheriff David Clark, and I want to talk to you about something personal, your safety. It's no longer a spectator sport. I need you in the game. 
But are you ready? With officers laid off and furloughed, simply calling 911 and waiting is no longer your best option. You can beg for mercy from a violent criminal, hide under the bed, or you can fight back. But are you prepared? Consider taking a certified safety course in handling a firearm so you can defend yourself until we get there. You have a duty to protect yourself and your family. We're partners now. Can I count on you? This safety message brought to you by the Milwaukee County Sheriff's Office. Back to the Uncooperative Radio Show, Hour 2. Two. So, evil is here. <laughs> I mean, it's between the Muslims and the Satanists, and now these people? Are you kidding me? Satanists. Satanists? <laughs> no. You see, evil's evil. These people are clueless evil. Uh... Muslims are the real deal. Islam is Lucifer's religion. That not the satanic cults. They're they're they play at demon worship. They play uh, you know they use the black Bible and it's mostly just a bunch of nonsense. Uh, but amongst the nonsense, there's some dangerous stuff for some people to be playing around with. You never know. You know sometimes uh, the supernatural. Well. Is supernatural. It's dangerous. That's why they always have someone playing with a Ouija board before something bad happens. Uh, don't mess with things you don't understand. So, yeah, this Santa Muerta stuff started pop, becoming pretty popular years back because um, I've ever seen a documentary about it and also... Uh, another one with, uh, what's that skip tracer, uh, dog, the bounty hunter. When he went down there, they, they, they were talking about the Santa Muerte, uh, sign of Santa Muerte on the, on the, on the gate. But, uh, basically it's, it's just an, it's just another level of evil nonsense, but. You know, when you start carrying the things out, like, you know, torturing people and killing them, well, that's pretty dangerous stuff, right? (laughs) Yeah, but not nearly as bad as Islam. Now, I never never studied on Santa Muerte because it's it's a new phenomenon from when I studied up on religions. Uh, But all it means is... There's more and more evil people in the world. There's more and more people who have embraced evil, accepted evil. Uh, The country more and more has accepted evil, has embraced it. Well, uh, socialism and abortion are both evil. Anything that takes your God-given rights away is evil. Never forget that. That's why it's important where our rights come from. Everybody thinks it's secularist nonsense, and now everybody thinks, uh, you know, we're just nothing matters. It feels good, dude. We're getting this hippie nonsense back again. 
And uh, they found out that doesn't work, and every and this is going to be just tragic. But we have hurt this country so much. There's not much of it left. And if we don't hurry up, there'll be nothing left to get back. So, uh, they asked the skeletal saint to watch over their shipments of drugs and offer up human sacrifices to her. Father Fortea linked the rise of satanic cults to secularism. That's a safe answer, Father. Evil is on the rise. Evil is almost done with this, destroying this country. They're ever so close. And then once that happens, all these things you you lefties think the government's going to do for you, it'll be okay for a few years, but uh, it'll all just start falling apart. And they'll be, you won't have any liberties. The government will be telling you what you have to do, where you have to go, what you can't do, what you can do, what you can believe in, what you can't believe in. And and this is, we're not getting close to that. When judges, illegal judges, basically, uh, when these federal judges decide to give punishment out f- to people who are following their religious faith and their conscience, that's evil. And that certainly is control. And if you want to talk about a separation of church and state, Wow even though there's no such thing in the Constitution. But this kind of thing, well, they worship at the LGBT altar. You can take that any way you like. Uh, nobody should be required. This all started because of the Civil Rights Act. It was another Pandora's box. The notion that the government's allowed to tell people who they can and cannot associate with is beyond their power. Freedom of association is a natural right of ours. That means well, we can associate with whomever we want. We could decide to go with all white people in the crowd, or we could decide we want to hang out with brown people, or uh, I don't know, we want to hang upside down by a tramp, whatever we want to do. It's not the government's business. And you want to talk about evil? That's the evil. This notion that homosexuals need to be protected from not being able to have someone make them a wedding cake is ridiculous. And the notion that you can order someone to hold a wedding on your private property against your conscience and religious beliefs is unbelievable level of evil. God gave us free will. Beware he who tries to take it away. Because God gets pissed. Not like me, but uh, when he gets angry, I wouldn't want to be the one he's angry at. So, it is St. Patrick's Day. I don't know what you're all doing. Maybe you're not listening to me live and instead going to listen to me podcast, whatever. But I am going to pop a Guinness and then I'm going to have a shot of Jameson's for in celebration of my favorite holiday. Hear that? Wee doggy. Guinness. 
Oh, here's some here's some news for you about what's going on. You might remember me talking about taking a look at all your packaging and make sure you know what sizes you're buying right now. This is a while ago because they're going to start trying to charge you more by by filling it less. So in other words, you think you're buying the same thing. The packaging looks the same, everything's the same, but the weight is not. And Guinness is like that too. Now, I'd rather them raise the price, to be honest, than have me pick up a six-pack of Guinness pints only to find out they're no longer a pint. They're 14.5 ounces. I know why they're doing it. It saves money both in beer and packaging. However, uh, I don't drink it regularly anyway. I'd pay more to get what I wanted. It's, and it's pretty sad when you try to fill a pint glass with a Guinness and it doesn't make it. But this law, oh, look at the head. It's just starting to solidify now into that nice cream. God, it'd be good and it's good. <laughs> Happy St. Patty's Day, everybody. It even smells good. <laughs> yes, stouts do smell good. Uh, used to make my own beer. I want to make it again. It just, you know, I just need to save up a little more. Well, we need a sterile area to do it. We, really we need, don't have we one need a, a proper building. We need. Yeah. A, I can't even buy new chicks because we have nowhere to raise them. So I'm going to have to figure out something. Maybe we'll have to do like the Angry Birds is doing and throw metal st- storage sheds all over the place. Camouflage them from the air. <laughs> she, they're not doing that. I want to do it. Yeah, because they do aerial taxes now. Assessment. Assessments. Yeah. Woohoo! That's good, Jameson's. Oh. Oh, this is the good life. <laughs> it has been a very long time since we've been able to celebrate. Had tomorrow. hot wings last night. Corned beef tomorrow. I had a hot wing frittata this morning. <laughs> yes, I've been spoiling him. I don't even celebrate my birthday. This is the only day I want to celebrate is St. Patrick's Day. That's just my thing. I don't don't know why. Birthdays don't mean that much to me other than reminding me I'm another year older again. And, uh, oh, yeah, just so you know, if you want to know how screwy things are in the uh, VA, I I was just told after requesting that my meds be refilled so I can order them that they're not going to... they're not going to give me a refill until I come in make an appointment and come in and see the doctor. Because supposedly I hadn't been there since November 2014. And I have to go every year. And I always go every year. But they always remind me. They always call me. and let. No, they send a notice. And a notice And out. they call me, too. And they send notices out. Uh, I didn't get anything. But the problem with her going, I'm withholding. Can you imagine? Where in the Hippocratic Oath does that fit in? Uh, I'm sorry. Unless you get physically come in here. To the doctor, we're not going to refill your meds. This is a new nurse. I'm going to have to break her in. I'm going to have to actually call tomorrow. She has no idea where I live. She thinks I live in town like the VA does. And I've been, and that's why I didn't have an appointment. They sent me the, the stupid choice card you've heard about. And nobody qualifies for it more than I do. I live in the middle of nowhere. There's not year-round access. Blah, 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 you know, travel problems. 
it's it's an hour and a half, an hour, hour and a half away. So it fit all the criteria, but because their computer had no way to put in our 911 address that they gave us, they placed me in town two blocks, uh, two, two miles from the actual health center. So I, I'm assuming that they're under that delusion and that this time of year would be a time of year I could come in and see the doctor. I'm surrounded by snow and melting snow and ice. I have varying degrees of nonsense I have to deal with getting off this mountain, especially now the humans that plow the roads because the forest is allowing them for some unknown reason. I mean, I have my theories, but they're not coming clean. I don't know. The first year I was up here, I was helping uh, the neighbor plow with ATVs, and they got caught when they went out in a homemade plow, and the guy gave them a $300 ticket. We went from that to they were allowed to plow, and even if they don't follow all the things that the they said in the permit they have to follow, they're not going to do anything about it. He's plowing for years now and never once followed the permit. Uh, so, yeah, I'm having a lot of problems with the national government in my life right now. Oh, I, I need another draw of Guinness. <laughs> Make the pain go away. <laughs> I don't, that'd take a lot more Guinness. <laughs> I'm not even sure it ever goes away. No, it doesn't. You have chronic pain. All right. Yeah, a lot of people do, but the meds work for them. You know what's amazing? I am, I am so not an addictive personality or not just addicted chemically. I don't know, but, uh, I can't take, you know, they, they talk about Oxycon, Oxy. Uh, they gave me that stuff did nothing for me. It screwed my head. It didn't like the pain go away at all. It did. It didn't make me feel good at all. It made me feel bad. Same with all the other pain meds they gave me. And they won't give me any higher one than Oxy, but now Oxy's too high. They're not giving out anymore. Because they found that it's more addictive than heroin. There's an idea. Stick with the natural stuff. Give us a patch with uh, opioid on it or allow us to take pills or whatever. Natural's always better than chemical. The chemical, these pharmacologists would tell you otherwise but it's true in every case if there is an option to do something natural the closer you get to nature the better things are all the time the more you get chemically the more man is creating and gets all full of himself thinks he's so smart but of course he's missing something in their understanding of how the natural substance works compared to what they're putting in the pill and yeah, in er what I always say, God made everything perfect. God didn't make any mistakes, and God doesn't create evil. So drugs can't be evil. They are to be used like anything else, conservatively. Use it appropriately and responsibly. Always keeping the health of nature involved so that, uh, you know, you can keep it growing. You don't want to kill it. By harvesting it. Uh, 
But yeah, so I don't know. I just got this right before the show, so I have to deal with this idiosity now. Welcome to Obamacare. Yeah, and what's really funny is, uh, you know, he with, he can't withhold this one medication from me because you have to take me off it gradually or it can cause seizures. So they can't just cut that off. Well, they can, but if if I talk to the right people, they'll get in trouble. Although things have been getting worse since all the press on the VA coverage and all, all we're getting right down to fixing that i swear to you ladies and gentlemen they have fixed nothing everything's worse than it was beforehand which goes again to show you stop asking government to help and expecting it to work i know we're veterans are supposed to be taken care of he's not going to do that he doesn't like us he doesn't want us to live he does not because we know how to use firearms, we are a danger, uh, we know how to fight, we're a danger when for those when the government wants to take our rights away. That's why. What? This is important, Susan. Everyone thinks the VA is getting better, and it it's is not. getting worse. It is getting dang worse. Yes, and if someone with chronic illness, uh, you don't. Know, hold that over their head like that because they're always good they're not getting better i'm not gonna get better it doesn't work that way i'm never gonna get back what i lost it's gone that's it so it's more of this and if i need any change i'll contact them otherwise status quo move along save i thought the government was all about saving money make me go in there and all the way to town and then get my travel voucher filled out no i've never actually gotten one i could but I just don't want to go through the hassle of travel vouchers. Anyway, let's go move along to another story. Fox Business. Which, I don't know, I haven't watched it in a long time, but I was liking watching it here and there. I like Stossel. And I even like Lou Dobbs, even though... Uh, and he's come a long way, by the way, I think, towards conservatism since he started. Um, I think they tend to be more conservative in business, don't you, you know? I think it just tends to attract those kinds of people. So, could shipping containers be the future of local produce? I don't know. But I wish I could get one up here. I bet if I had enough money, they could bring it up in a helicopter. <laughs> if I was one of those rich ranchers. All right, so... uh a Boston-based startup called Freight Farms thinks so. Freight Farms. Interesting. I told you this would be a very interesting segment because we're not talking about anything that anyone else is talking about. There are other news stories out there. I'm showing you that there are. <laughs> Just nobody cares, which well, is ridiculous because there's a lot of stuff going on. People are really emotional about this election, especially, especially on our side. But on the other side as well, the demon crutch, you know, those young millennials are loving on the Bernie. Anyway, move along. <laughs> you know, what they don't understand about feel the burn 
it, it means after you elect him, you're going to feel burned because <laughs> he's going to take everything away from anybody who's productive and give it to all the unproductive people. And that'll last them just till it runs out. And then they won't have anything to do with themselves and they'll starve to death like all the people in South America and in Africa. Same thing happened. Us, us whiteies went away and the, the people didn't know how to do anything not only didn't they know how to do it, they didn't want to do it. They didn't want to work the land. They were lazy. Instead, they just lived off whatever the government gave them. And it happens all the time. So, yeah, us evil shame, well, white privilege. I, how is it a privilege to be a white heterosexual male in this country? Every Everything's put against you. Everything. Everybody else gets a hand up and you get stepped on. It's disgusting. The country has become utterly disgusting to me. Oh, that was a different show, The Disgusting Show. Sorry. Let me get back into... Okay. Back to happiness. The company is transforming the containers into grow machines. Or what they like to call leafy green machines. In hopes of turning everyday people into farmers. <laughs> We are taking this back to the way it was 200 years ago, where local food was the expectation, and people were actually part of the food system. Fruit Farm CEO Brad McNamara tells Fox Business News, it just says foxbusiness.com, but I, I know it's FBN, and they're targeting anyone with a real motivation to do their own thing and be part of the food system. It's entrepreneurs, the husband-wife teams, retirees, former veterans, you name it. Freight Farms is part of a new wave of companies that are bringing innovation to agriculture while meeting the growing demand for high-quality, fresh, locally grown, and sustainable produce. Other brands include Crop Box in North Carolina, Grotainers in Dallas, and Podponics in Atlanta. What's the news behind this news? People are going to need to grow their own food or starve to death. That and? That's it. No. Free free markets are trying to... Oh, look, oh, oh well, that? No, yeah. no. The government was... The government was government gonna, that's uh, exactly right. That's what I was going to say. Just until government realizes it's there. Yes, exactly. But always, always, a free market tries to rear its head all the time. Yep, and entrepreneurs try and beat their head against the wall that we call government regulation, which is only designed for crony capitalism to keep the ones that have, haven't, and the ones that don't, don't. In other words, it costs you too much to start up. You can't compete with them, so they're safe. Well, that's what crony capitalism is all about, and that's why it is the lobbyists and uh, or the firms that actually write some of the legislation that Congress votes on. Hmm. They give it to them as a package deal. They write the whole thing. They did it with the health care bill. And they give it to them, and then they decide whether they just want to vote on it the way it is, or whether they want to make changes to it, or what have you. But but no matter what happens, they put enough in there that when, and even when they shave a lot of stuff off that they don't want to give them that they want, yeah, but the core stuff that was really important, that's still left. They they still got they still get what they want. See, that's the game. Just like the the Fabian socialists. 
incremental. It's been happening to us for over a hundred years. Incremental socialism. And of course, once the governments get a hold of this or get wind of it, they're going to go, oh, no, 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 no. No, you little peon serfs can't, can't grow your own food. Are you kidding me? And they're going to squash it. I'm going to get the dang, I'm going to get my angle thing out. I'm going to figure out what is the actual incline on that hill right there to get up here and see if they can get a shipping container up here. But this isn't going to stand. I would love to get one of these things for the center as an experiment. Yeah, but this isn't going to stand because they're going to say little peons like us can well, do it. I don't know, uh, you know, what the what's that ride-sharing place? Uber. Uber won their, won their case against the uh, taxi cab drivers. I know. It's wonderful. It's Yeah, it's called competition, but they're not used to competition. They pay a lot of money not to have competition. Again. That's the thing. You see, they pay a lot of money. They don't want competition. This is supposed to not be able to happen, but it was. It had happened. And the court, even these courts couldn't say, well, we can't tell people they can't pick up people in their own car. Well, <laughs> it was more complicated than that, but really, think about it. You're going to tell me what I can again. do. Who I can and cannot allow to be a passenger in my vehicle. I No, that's ridiculous. Well, the cab drivers wouldn't be caught spending so much money on licenses if it wasn't for the government. And that's local government. Right, and what ends up happening is when stuff like this comes out of nowhere and blindsides of it, <clears throat> it, it, it just completely messes up their world. In their heads. Because in real life, I, I heard a, a guy call in, he was a cab driver, and they lost against the Uber people, but... He's not out of a job. They're still making money. They just, they just don't. They just lost a portion of their, their rides. That's all. So there's less money to go around, and you know, then you just cut back on the taxi cabs until there are none. And I got an idea. Y'all go work for Uber. I, uh, what do you want? Liberty or safety, ladies and gentlemen? I can hear it from here, but the. They have to keep us safe. So you need a commercial license to ferry people around. You need a chauffeur's license. That's not hard to get, ladies and gentlemen. There's no test for it. The only test really is you get something from your doctor that says you're not going to die of a heart attack anytime soon. That's it. That's really the only requirement and pay the money. And I had one. I was a taxi cab driver. I was a truck driver. I've done a lot of jobs I, I never wanted to be the intellect i never wanted to be the the bookworm i didn't want to go to college i wanted to learn about life and uh, so i did i went out and learned about life and if i had taken a different trend i would have probably ended up right where i am right now only a lot in debt instead of not in debt i i wouldn't have been in a better place and i certainly wouldn't have enjoyed that per portion of my life and with my disease it's you know I'm glad I got it done when I did because I can't do it anymore. So if there's something for me said for going and living life while you still can, while you have your youth, your strength, your health, uh, rather than spending eight years in academia, which, frankly, would probably draw from me insane with left-wing professors. But we'll go, we'll go to a short break, and then we'll talk some more about these containers. So you have Cooperative Radio Show, stay tuned, cause we'll be right back.
the socialists. You will be assimilated. Your individual liberties, personal freedoms, and mental individuality will be added to our own. Resistance is futile. If you're struggling to pay or haven't been making your student loan payments, listen carefully to this urgent alert. Have you been out of school for 10 or more years and you're still making your student loan payments? Are your student loans past due or even in default? Can't go back to school because of an old student loan problem? We can help you if you qualify. Your student loans can be taken out of default. We can stop the wage garnishments, stop the collection calls, and stop the seizure of your tax refund. Give yourself a break. Stop the stress and see if we can help you reduce your student loan payments. One quick 10-minute call could solve them right now. So call the Student Loan Helpline now. 800-215-6813 800-215-6813 This is a fee-based document preparation service to help you access free government programs. Call for complete details not available in all states. Do you use Viagra or Cialis? Have you been thinking about trying Viagra or Cialis? What if we could promise you the same results for less than $3 a pill? If you're paying $20 a pill for Viagra, you're getting taken to the cleaners. Our pill delivers the exact same results for less than $3. We'll do the math for you. You save more than $16 a pill for the same results. Want more? We'll give you 40 blue pills or 40 yellow pills for $99 and add four more pills free. You save more than $500. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to know what to do next. You need to call 800-764-9168 and get your 44 pills for just $99. Stop overpaying for Viagra. Call us and start saving a ton of money for the exact same results. Ordering is fast and easy with your pills delivered to your door in an unmarked package. Call us right now, 800 764 That's 800-764-9168. If you are successful at what you do, whether you're a doctor, a lawyer, a business owner, or you have a great career, you understand the concept of protecting yourself. Well, are you protecting yourself, your family, and your assets with quality term life insurance? Consider these possible rates. A man age 45, non-tobacco user, could obtain $1 million of coverage for as little as $75 a month. And this rate is fixed for the next 10 years. We specialize in policies of $500,000 and above. A man age 50, non-tobacco user, may be able to obtain $500,000 of coverage for as little as $115 a month. And this rate is fixed for the next 20 years. We have great rates for smokers, too. Call the Term Lifeline now. Quad Radio Show, half of hour two. Gotta be going. <laughs> Did I say it right? No. Uh, well, I'm not Irish. You are. I'm Puerto Rican. That, you didn't even get the words right. <laughs> if, don't try and have an Irish accent. You have you have too much Hispanic in you for that. 
it keeps coming out like you're you're the Spanish Harlem there. You Chichi on the corner. Happy St. Patty's Day, everyone. Let's go grow something. Happy Day, Patty's Day. Gora bigora. I do have. I didn't go braless. I do have to give Sean Hannity some credit. He had a really cute uh, thing for St. Patty's Day with Hannity the Leprechaun or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, but it hannitizing was, people. Yeah, it was pretty cute. It, it, it seemed more like a, he was a fairy than a leprechaun. <laughs> I'm just saying. He did have some foul language, though. I was surprised. He called somebody a jackass, and this other guy was going to What's wrong with jackass? <laughs> jackass is a nice way of saying something much worse. Then someone else was saying that the people he was talking to, the little leprechaun. You should figure after the movie Jackass and the, the series of movies Jackass and the, the TV Jackass that we would realize that jackass is not a bad word. <laughs> How many times did I say that? A lot. Uh, well, I figure if they're going to find me, I might as well go for broke. Okay, now where was it with this? Oh, yeah. These containers are basically open. I have been upcycled to be a hydroponic farm with about an acre of farmland, says David Schmitz, who runs a freight farm at Stony Brook University in Long Island, New York. Wow. That's where my daughter was born. And I went to college there. Did you go to Stony Brook for a while? For a semester, I did. Yep. I know I took people there in my ambulance. Yep. All right, Smith and his student interns are producing around 800 heads of lettuce per week for the school cafeteria, and they're doing it all year long while using 90% less water than regular farming. No pesticides and no soil. All within a 320-square-foot space. Now, this is my opinion of hydroponic. I know. I know. I was, I'm glad that we did you, this. You raise, you raise a tomato and hydroponically, mm -hmm. or you raise it in the dirt. When you raise it in the dirt, you've got flavor. When you raise it in hydroponics, it tastes like water. It does, there's no flavor to those things. because And not to mention, the, you're not going to get the micronutrients that you would normally get from the fruit because it's not. you have to put it in the water solution, and you'd have to know what it was first. I mean, it's going to get incredibly complex. If you're going to talk about trying to get all the micronutrients mixed in there, the right amount. Uh, no, I'm sorry. I think hydroponics is a necessary evil where it's necessary. Other than that, I, I highly, uh, I suggest until they can give you a tomato off the vine that makes you want to slap it on uh, some bread with mayonnaise and a little salt, then you ain't, make, you ain't getting tomatoes yet. The other thing with this is when I looked at the picture, they there's no windows. There's no light. You have to provide lighting. It's artificial lighting. Right. Which you could control much better. Have Year round, you could have it at, at, you could have it at like right. 17 except hours it, of sunlight. Except it's more expensive. And that's where you have to draw the line at how much you want to make it. How much do you really need the lights to be on to continuously produce the lettuce is what you have to figure out. That That would be the first thing because you want to save money in your electricity. Would be good for up here because we don't have any electricity. Again, Stony and Brook lights are a lot of electricity. You couldn't, you couldn't. It would not be. Well, I just, I'd have to put solar panels on my whole property to run that thing. Stony Brook University, they got a grant for this. They didn't pay oh, of for course it, they and did. they're not paying for all of the up upkeep either. Well, they got to keep. Uh, that's all part of depending the on what they're supposed to be getting from the grant. In other words. 
they're testing these things. They have to keep records of all of it. Like I keep explaining to you. <clears throat> Smith and his student interns are producing. I did that already. We're probably hitting 800 to 1,000 students per week with our produce, Ed Schmitz. The best part, says McNamara, is that the shipping container farms cost a fraction of the price of a commercial-scale urban greenhouse, which requires significant capital. One freight farm costs around $82,000, with an additional $20,000 per year for operating costs. Wow. $20,000 per year for operating costs. Wow. Well, I better be providing all my food for that because, uh, <laughs> yeah. actually, I don't even have twenty thousand. <laughs> we 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 don't have that kind of income flow, believe it or not. Students Kylie Campanelli and Chad Marvin, who are part of the Sustainability Studies program at Stony Brook, say the farm is easy to run and only requires around twenty hours of maintenance a week. Well, that fits in with lazy. McNamara also says that part of the fee includes a two-day farming boot camp where soon-to-be farmers visit them at their headquarters in Boston. It's to get the person from the street to a commercial farmer, he says. To make things even easier, Freight Farms also has a mobile app called Farmhand where up-and-coming farmers can monitor their settings remotely. We also built a mobile-first super hydroponic store app called farmhand shop app so we're able to go to all the vendors and source all the best materials for our farmers says mcnamara our goal is to empower more people to be farmers yeah they're working in different different direction than the un i will point out although considering the doing in shipping containers that might be uh just perfect because you can stack those suckers and if you could do it remotely you don't need to go into them until you harvest time. It's a great deal. That'll make us, you know, Agenda 21, get us all into the high urban areas and leave the rest out for farmers and uh, mostly animals, you know, nature. But this would allow you to be in like think of all those lots where all the houses were in detroit you could just stack up stack these things up 10 high for miles for miles this is kind of scary this is i could see this turning into a gigantic commercial operation where they grow all our food this way honest to god they, no these kids don't think anything through they think they're oh it's just so the average person okay well the average person can buy one how much can uh, i don't know billionaire buy how much can the government afford oh right they can buy as much as they want because it's our money and to say they could also be it could also be turned into cells jail cells quite easily actually a, tr a shipping container for a cell that'd be a pretty big space it'd be a nice space if you got, if you got to be in jail. Anyway, uh, to date, the ag tech company has about sixty farms worldwide, including in twenty U.S. states and two Canadian provinces, with a lot of international pilots kicking off later this year. Major corporations like Google, Aramark, and Marriott have also jumped on board adding container farms to some of their corporate campuses and hotels. 
The startup, which launched in 2010 after raising $30,000 from a Kickstarter campaign, received an additional $3.7 million in venture funding in December 2014 from Spark Capital. I see Freight Farms being a global network of people based in a, in a community of growers who are producing food for their local market in the way that their local market demands, adds McNamara. It takes an acre of land. That must mean it has to be constructed on site because each container would... You have to join them together. That's a big, big growing operation. And a full acre greenhouse? That's big. Yeah, but the shipping container isn't an acre. It's not that big. They put big. them together to make it an If it says it takes... If it's an acre farmland, it's an acre farmland. Well, it's an acre farmland because you, what you said. They stack inside... They stack up. Oh, the, no, I wasn't talking about inside. I was talking about outside. Right, but if you looked at the picture. Each individual ca- can canister, they're made to stack on top of each other. Well, I know. I know what they are. But inside, because you didn't see the picture. Well, inside, I know what a greenhouse looks like. Shelves, I know. You got shelves running down the middle. You got shelves running down each side. So shelves. that's how they're doing the acre of farmland. That's not an acre of farmland. Sorry. No, now, now you make me want to go back and read it all over again. <laughs> Uh, so we just we did there's a lot of news behind this news i want to know what the footprint is <laughs> it doesn't say it doesn't say potaponics potaponics i guess you could go to their website there it, is. there it is there it is these containers have basically been upcycled to be a hydroponic farm with about an acre of farmland. Now, I'm confused. Is that in one container, or you have to have an acre of containers? No, it says that all this can be done within a 320 uh, square, square foot, foot space. space. There you go. Yeah, that's because you're doing more along the lines of square foot gardening. Yep. And, and, you know, plus seedlings, and they, they take up nothing. Yes, that's exactly it. This is pretty cool. I, yeah, I, I wouldn't mind having one. I wouldn't pay for it, but I wouldn't mind having one. <laughs> Where's our grant? I would turn. I would use it for what it was intended for, though. <laughs> Where's our because grant? Because there's no way I could pay for those that many lights, and I don't want. We're not a commercial operation. We're a re, you know we're a facility, state research facility, so it's a little different. Hey, they might want to don donate one to the center. You never know. All right, moving along from Fox News. Oh, whiskey lovers. <laughs> As he drinks his Jameson. <laughs> Around the world are snapping up bottles of aged scotch so quickly that prices are reaching an all-time high. I used to be a scotch drinker for a while. Uh, and uh, it was basically more or less was because of, uh, I don't know, it just felt like drinking scotch on the rocks. It, and I didn't like it in the beginning, but then I got to like it. It's one of those acquired tastes where you don't know why you want to acquire that taste, but... It does. I, I ended up being on it for a while. I was. I would do. Uh, actually, I mix it with club soda. That's what I do. Scotch and club soda until I worked the scotch on the rocks. And after a while, I realized no, I I still like bourbon better. Yeah, David Webb's a Scotch guy, and so is. Uh, you have to like that peat flavor, Dave. I'm uh, sorry, I don't like dirt in my mouth. Cigar is it Cigar Dave or something that has that other radio show about cigars? Well, now Scotch and cigars come together with their own flavor. Gotcha. And you mix the two together. Yes. 
So uh, that's an entirely cigar different Dave, subject, and this is in a Cigar Dave show. So <laughs> Cigar Dave has his own show. <laughs> All right, where are we? Whiskey lovers around the world. Distilleries are ramping up production to help meet demand, but it's not fast enough as collectors of older vintages face continually escalating prices for coveted single malt scotches, reports CNN Money. That's another reason why I don't like scotch. To have a, to have a decent scotch, you got to spend a lot of money. Bourbon sheep. Old Crow. And it tastes better. Old Crow's $20 a bottle. That's my brand. That's <laughs> Old Crow. That's what I like. I, I prefer that flavor to almost any except Irish whiskey. The shortage of old and rare single malt has already started, and it's going to get worse. Rakesh Kishnani, founder of the world's first whiskey investment fund. No, oh, no, 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 no. I am no, do not make my whiskey a commodity to be, No. That was the it's bad enough. The, news. the federal government tax on a hundred percent tax on alcohol. See, that's the news behind the news. That's why I brought this up. Oh well, no, good. I hope they stick with scotch. I could. I don't care. Well, it, I tell you, if you never drank scotch a day in your life, you wouldn't miss it. But again, then again, you probably wouldn't like bourbon either. The news behind this news. Tell them what how they're going to destroy this industry because they're making it a what? A commodity. They're, they're, they're going to destroy. They're not going to hurt the industry. They're going to benefit, but people are going to invest in it, like you know, gold, like yeah, like gold, <laughs> silver, any other commodity. So what that drives up the price. They're they're, they're Oh, that can't. There'll be no stability in the market. That's it. Everybody make your own still. But that's, I like that. What? For, you, you do it for medicinal purposes. Tinctures. You want to make alcohol tinctures. Herbal tinctures in alcohol, see? That's what a tincture is in alcohol. You need, they, they sell stills for that. And you could do homeopathy medicine of, of one start, of one of which I think starts with a W and, and be happy. Now, why would they do something like this? Like what? Making it a commodity. Because rich people have nothing better to do. Like you said, they're manipulating now. And look, from the very beginning, our founding fathers thought the least towards people that were in the commodities market. Oh, my God. They were like... They just, were nothing better than gamblers. Yeah, they did not. The founding fathers, as a matter of fact, um, John Adams, that's what killed his, his son. His son did it. Yeah, his yeah. son did it. And it was really super frowned upon. I mean, he... He wouldn't even talk to him for us uh, for a while, and um, the only time because it's, it's not a it's not an honest living. No, nah, they didn't think it was at all. No, I know it isn't. It isn't, and it's destructive and manipulative, and it it screws the common people up. I, I'm not going to do the class warfare stuff, but I mean, people that have no interest in investing in commodity. And why would I want investors? In my food and alcohol. I don't want invest people investing in my food and alcohol. That, again, then they have control over pricing. No. Nonsense. We need to get away from the whole idea of this. And shame on any conservative that's involved in that. I say, you know, it's scotch. And I don't care because I don't drink scotch. But, but once they go but down somebody this road. Does, somebody drinks scotch and that's why I care. That's how I do things. 
It's either right or it's wrong. It doesn't matter how it affects me. Right or wrong. Truth or not. Pick one. And once they start going down this road, like you, the first thing you said was, don't touch my whiskey. <laughs> yeah, I know. That was like my guns. Don't touch my whiskey. Exports of Scottish whiskey have been stagnating, but global demand for the spirit has escalated dramatically in the past decade. Yeah, I imagine all the despots are just dying to have good Scotch whiskey. What is it? Oh, cognac is what the... Oh, yeah. Ung's father. Ung. What kind of name is Ung? (laughs) Kim Jong-un. It's even worse than Kim Jong mentally ill. Ung. I don't even have to add anything to it. What kind of... What kind of brain trust could come out of the name Ung? <laughs> really? Three letters for a last name? What kind of culture would disturb me that could do that? It's unbelievable that they have nuclear technology because I cannot believe they haven't blown something up yet. If you'd ask me if they had it, if they'd use it, I'd say yes. I don't know why they'd... I, I think they don't because they only use it so they get more stuff from the from the world governments because they can't grow enough food for the people. They don't have heating oil. They have no oil. Uh, so they, they always rattle their sabers and do things like they're doing right now. And they have no intention of doing anything evil, but they do want all their goodies because we're coming up to the season. So... Where were we? Oh, yeah. So they're turning whiskey into oil now. Great. In the U.S., sales of single malt scotch, which is whiskey made from the product of a single distillery rather than a blend. Canadians are mostly blends. Almost tripled between 2002 and 2015, according to the Distilled Spirits Council of the United States. Didn't now, even know it existed. Now, Jameson's and Bushmills <laughs> Irish whiskey is not blended whiskey. It is Irish whiskey. Scotch is Scotch whiskey. It's all whiskey, see? It, all from Celts. <laughs> Scotch whiskey, Irish whiskey. Totally different things. Bourbon. Not blends. Bourbon, Kentucky. Has to be in the Bourbon County, Kentucky. Bourbon, again, same thing. It is not a blend. It is... Sing, if you will, there's no malt to it, but it's single malt bourbon. Uh, it's aged bourbon in charred oak vats. So basically, you make you make white lightning, and then you throw it into charred oak cast to age. And during the aging process, it picks up flavors and color, and hence why it's no longer clear like white lightning, and it is now the lovely color of amber of bourbon whiskey. So, but Canadian whiskey is almost always blended. Uh, it's a different taste. I don't like it. It, it's, it seems like it's more for beginners. It, it's not that, it's not as, it doesn't hit you as much as the regular bourbon. It's more smooth, mellow, you know, not a big bite to it. But see, you know, they. I know you got to be careful with stuff like that. It makes, kid, makes it easier for kids to drink it. All right, they ain't drinking whiskey. They're too busy trying to buy beer or near beer. <laughs> I can't believe there's places that have something called near beer. I know Colorado, Utah, all these Midwest places. Near beer, which is only, uh, what, I think it's it's 2.5% alcohol, I believe. 
for near beer. I think it, it varies depending on the state because they all have their own percentage for near beer. I just know that when I used to was young and I used to buy beer, it was 6.5% alcohol. And now it's 4.5% alcohol. And it costs more. That's uh, the government. Um, demand in Asia also skyrocketed. Cows for one-fifth of all scotch exports annually. In China, everybody is talking about it. Stephen Notman of the Whiskey Corporation, a whiskey investment firm, told CNN Money nobody thought in a million years that there would be a market there for 30- to 40-year-old whiskey. Of course there is. They love everything American like the Japanese. And what do they? It, what do the cowboys drink? Whiskey. Always. That's how we spread the stuff around, our, our Hollywood culture. And everybody wants to be a cowboy. Everybody loves cowboys. Universe, everybody loves cowboys. I don't know why we use it. This country is so derogatory. Stop being such a cowboy. He's taking risks, you know. Manning up. That's a different saying. That's cowboy up. Again, not a bad thing. What is it? Cowboying up. Nope. <laughs> That's specific out here to cowboy land, but there's a similar back east, and for some reason I forgot it. I've immersed myself so long out here, I completely forgot a lot of stuff over there back on the east coast. I, I still miss the culture of the deep southeast. I really do. One example of the more dramatic price increase is seen with a 30-year-aged Black Bowmore Whiskey. First released in 1994, it initially went on sale for $110 a bottle. Needless to say, I've never even seen a bottle of it. But according to Notman, the prize liquor can go for $7,000 at auction today. You see, that's what happens to everything when you put it in a commodities market. Next thing you know, somebody's paying some ridiculous price for it. Now you got to pay a ridiculous price for it. I say let them live in their own slush fund or something and leave us out of it. In 2014, the world's most expensive. By the way, these people are all gamblers. They, they're they all gamblers. And, and that's why I've, I can't stand these. I, nobody should be able to make a money, never make a living gambling. I don't believe in it. Not unless it's with cards. And years and years of hard work. In 2014, the world's most expensive scotch was sold at Sotheby's auction in Hong Kong. A large crystal decanter holding Macallan M whiskey went for $628,205. Instead of looking to the stock market, savvy investors have begun snapping up bottles of single malt scotch. According to the investment-grade Scotch Whiskey Index, whiskey prices climbed 14% last year. But I have to go to a hard break, so we'll be right back after this commercial break. This is the Uncooperative Radio Show. You stay tuned, because we'll be right back. The path to restoring our republic was laid down by our founding fathers. The principles of freedom, liberty, personal responsibility, and limited government are conservative ideals we will never abandon. America is listening. Grassroots. 
Common Sense, Conservative Talk Radio. It's on the Internet. Tune in now. Red State Talk Radio, featuring some of the most popular Internet talk show hosts in America today. Are you listening? RedStateTalkRadio.com. New from Class Envy Productions, the people who brought you Obamacare, Cleopatra Obama, and Barry's got a brand new stash. An all-new exploitation picture starring Barack Obama, Michelle Obama, and a cast of millions and millions of unemployed Americans who all got the shaft. Members of Congress and my fellow Americans, while on vacation, working on my new, new jobs plan, I realize there are steps we can take right now to improve people's lives. But I, I want to continue to build roads and bridges, protect union jobs, and pay people to sit at home for another year. And every proposal I've laid out will be paid for by our children. There is the man who never had another plan except the you damn right. He's the cat who won't slow down when the country's going south. From the Can you dig it? You see, this cat buried is one dumb mother. Shut your mouth. I'm just talking about Obama. Oh, okay. He's not a complicated man, but nobody understands him but his woman. Michelle. Barack! Barack! You didn't eat the apples in your happy meal! Shaft, now playing in an economy near you. You're damn right. Jake's Ham Sandwich Rule. If you're in the country illegally, you are entitled to a well-prepared and frankly delicious ham sandwich, followed by a helpful boot in the ass to assist you in exiting the country. As always, a fizzy soda of your choice is optional. Jeff Carlisi from the band 38 Special. On behalf of all my conservative rocker friends, I'd like to thank the brave members of our fine armed forces for putting their lives on the line every day to protect our liberty. Thank you. And now, a message to freshman Tea Party back senators from Trent Lott and Lindsey Graham. Hello, this is Trent Lott. Uh, Lindsey and I just want you to know that we appreciate all that the Tea Party people did to bring you here to Washington. Yes, I love tea, and I dearly love parties. But now's the time we should all come together and sit down with the other side and listen to their ideas on how to move the country forward while we as Republicans take a step back and walk a mile in their shoes. Yeah, we love being Republicans, and we love conservative values. Uh, 
probably as much as we'd love being liberal Democrats if the need ever arose. What Trent means is Republicans are always at our best when we ignore all the rhetoric and noise from back home and just do the right thing. The right thing? You know what I mean. Join Trent Lott and Lindsey Graham in bringing bipartisanship back to Washington. people i can't stand them or day traders as far as i'm concerned they're people afraid of real work the speculators they're they're gamblers and they screw up our lives causing our commodities to be worth them more than they're actually worth based on just a free market that's i'm sorry these kind of markets manipulate the market anyway uh, where I left off at six hundred twenty-eight thousand two hundred five dollars, or just before that. That's where you left off. All right, that's a big number for a bottle, huh? Yep. <laughs> Instead of looking up, looking to the stock market, savvy investors have begun snapping up bottles of single malt scotch. I'm willing to bet that gold's still going to be worth more than single malt scotch. I, I, I don't. According to, I'm telling you, it's just because they want to invest, buy and sell. This is their idea of doing a, what's that thing everyone does now with a fantasy football? Yeah. Where you have your own football teams and you know, put them together and you go against each other. That's what this reminds me of. Nothing more than that. Like they got the idea for the commodities market. Anyway, uh, according to the investment grade whiskey, Scotch Whiskey Index, Whiskey prices climbed 14% last year, beating other traditional assets like gold. The value of Kishnani's Whiskey Fund, which is based in Hong Kong and boasts an impressive collection of about 7,500 bottles, has increased 26% since it started in 2014. Please, ladies and gentlemen, this is not a commercial for you to invest in Scotch whiskey. (laughs) I advise against it. Because unlike gold... Scotch whiskey will not continue to be a hedge against inflation. It'll be a hedge based on uh, who has enough money to buy the bottle. That's not the way gold works. As the market crashes, gold value goes up. Currency value goes down, gold value goes up. That's why you want gold and silver. I also recommend silver. In fact, if, if you don't have a lot of money, or even if you do, you need to have silver around because gold would be too expensive to be b- carrying around for bartering. Uh, you want little silver rounds. 
They sell them unmarked rounds, exactly one ounce or oh, 99 by 99.99% silver. And I highly invest. You can get, you can buy them one or two at a time. Or there's all different places online. Uh, if you're going to collect anything for any reason, I'd start with I'd start with silver. I would say have a savings account, but savings accounts don't pay anything, so that that's not much of a, a choice. Other than you're not spending it outright. Uh, if you want to invest in something, I, I'd use silver. You're not going to lose your shirt investing in silver. And I am not a brokerage advisor, nor did I sleep in a Holiday Inn Express last night. So, the value of Kishnani's Whiskey Fund, which is based in Hong Kong and boasts an impressive collection of about 7,500 bottles, has increased 26% since it started in 2014. Producers are now working furiously to keep up with demand. We are currently working at full capacity, seven days a week, 24 hours a day, Charlie Whitfield, a brand manager for McAllen, told CNN Money. We just need to be patient and allow those casts to work their magic. McAllen plans to open a second distillery by early 2018, but by law, all Scotch whiskey must be aged for a minimum of three years, so the bottles won't be released for a while. Some distilleries, including McAllen, Highland Park, and Glenlivet, Glenlivet's a good scotch, have started releasing bottles without disclosing the whiskey's age on the label, but highlights the woods used in the aging process. The move helps keep shelves stocked and allows companies to better control premium bottle prices in the future. Despite distilleries' efforts to boost production, experts say the shortage and continuing price escalation could last 10 to 15 more years. Again, the difference? Silver and gold will always be worth about the same amount of money in in exchange for goods and services as when you purchased it. Not true after 10 to 15 more years, even if they're correct in experts predicting the future. Because this seems very faddish to me. Scotch whiskey, oh, it's all the cool thing right now, but they get, they, these people get bored with things and they move on. They want to find something else. Then you got the young kids coming out, the millennials and the, and the steampunkers. And, oh, my goodness. No, 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 no. We're in a lot of trouble in America right now. The whole world's in a lot of trouble and a lot worse trouble than we are. But that's because they they haven't succeeded in taking us out yet. And that's the next thing that the new socialist world order wishes to steal. First, your cash, all your property, of course. Uh, I wonder what, I wonder if under the new world socialist order, if we'd allowed to be allowed to have a nice bottle of Glenlivet scotch. Hmm. Let me think, unless I am part of the elite structure, I know. Look, everything's going crazy out there right now. It looks like it's going to be Trues or Trump or some of the elites install at the convention. Only time will tell. I can't vote for Cruz. Doesn't mean I, I don't want... I, I, I got to be honest with you. I don't, it's something about him I don't trust. 
I don't know why. It could be a fault of my own. Who knows? I just don't. But also, I, I know he's not a natural-born citizen, and therefore I know he's ineligible for office, and therefore I cannot vote for him. As someone who reveres the Constitution, I, I will not do that. And no, I didn't vote for McCain. All right, so um, Scotch drinkers, regular folk, working-class folk, uh, you're going to have to find something else to drink because you're not going to be able to afford that anymore. <clears throat> I don't know what else to say about that except, uh, you know, conservatives, self-reliance. Two words. It's a clue of what I'm going to do and what you should do. Self-reliance. Hello, what are you doing? You don't open that until you have a glass to pour it in because it overflows. No, no, it's important that it gets poured immediately. It says so on the can. <laughs> She's giving it to me. You, you have to open and pour immediately. Not open. It's as good as open. Oh, no, what did you do? Oh, no, she messed up my Guinness. If that bowl doesn't get it airing just right, she had it cracked open. All the buzzy, fuzzy bubbles are going to come out of it. Oh, no. I know I don't drink green beer. Tell them what that's all about since we're talking about whiskey. What? With the little ball in this thing. Well, it used to have a CO2 cartridge inside. It's supposed to taste, make it taste more like you got it from the tap. Uh, the They went from the nitrous oxide containers to these balls. I don't know what they're supposed to do, but they say open it and quickly pour. That's it. I will tell you, it's not as good as the ones when they had the little nitrous cans in them. They, they ha- it had a nice, a little fine, fine bubbles, very fine bubbles. But this has like hardly any bubbles. But it has an excellent head. And taste. Although, I must say, my stout was much better, much more full-bodied. This is not even as stout as my porter was. But for regular people, that's stout. Um, and it is, it is good. I like it. Well, uh, before we move on to Killery, it's important because when you go to an Irish bar in, like, say, New York... They get very upset if they don't have the proper pouring technique, right? <laughs> for the oh, you the... better, you best not. Have, well, in New York City, a lot of them went back to the original pub style of uh, over in Europe, where there's no CO2 cartridge pushing the stuff through hoses. They have to draw it with the they have the big wooden thing they grab and they pull it back and forth like a hydraulic jack, <laughs> and they have to pump the stout up from the basement. <laughs> Into each glass. I am not kidding you. My favorite place was way too far to ever go on any kind of regular basis to have a stout. But when, if I wanted to go that far and I wanted a good stout that bad, I would go all the way to Patchog, which was a long way to have them pull me a pint. And you had to wait because it took them a while. 
because it takes and they all have biceps from pulling it you know and it's thick and you can almost chew it it's oh it's just awesome well and just like fine wine that's the same thing with the fine drafts and the beers and people that are beer drinkers are just as fussy as people who are wine drinkers not all of them some of them just drink Coors Light no but I'm just saying when you're talking about the stouts Oh, once you start where we get the stouts, that, that's that's a land the average person doesn't understand about at all. Yeah, it's it's just you have to be a connoisseur, and like I said, you'd have to pour it. And the there's right different way kinds and... of stouts. <laughs> there's all different kinds. And God forbid you don't have the proper head on it. <laughs> oh no, that has to have that creamy, <laughs> yeah, light, light, light Trust tan. Trust me, I've had I was oh, a bartender, kind of too. a sand color. <laughs> and I've had uh, conversations with people about this. <laughs> Yeah, the good thing is I could drink Guinness all night long and not even get buzzed. I, I, same reason all the drugs don't work on me. I don't know. It's my metabolism. I don't get hangovers either. Sorry. Everybody out there is hoping I'm going to ha- have a hangover tomorrow. I'm not. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> she might, but I no, won't. I'm not drinking that stuff. <laughs> well, I'm just saying. That's I, for you. <laughs> I, I've had people try and give me hangovers. You yeah, know, we talked about this before. <laughs> give you all different kinds of alcohol because usually that's the one that's going to get you. You get a hangover, and some of the cheaper stuff has you know pollutants in it and stuff that that can mess with your brain. They've done it to the point where I got I was so drunk I even threw up, and that's not me. But they but they secretly were messing with me. That's a long story. But uh, that's how I always get drunk. People play games with me like playing quarters. They'll wait till I turn around and they'll put the quarter in the cup and say drink. But they didn't actually bounce it off the table. Say so you're supposed to bounce it off the table into the shot glass. And, and they do this to me all the time like a, like a Lauren Hardy movie. And it's amazing how easy it is to, to get distracted when that's going on. I, I had guys throwing it over their shoulder and stuff. <laughs> it was funny. Next day I woke up. I never felt better. I never felt better. It was only like three times in my life I got really drunk like that, and uh, I felt so good in the morning. I felt like I finally got a good night's sleep. It was amazing. It's only three times in my life I can remember feeling good when I woke up. Maybe I should just hammer myself constantly. We can't afford I don't, it. I don't think my liver could take that. And I'm we not can't that afford it anyway. <laughs> and I could never afford it. Well, if I made my own now. <laughs> All right. So. All you need is water and sugar. All right, so what? It's segment two. What are we doing for segment two? We will never forget Benghazi and your emails, Killary. And the illegal alien invasion report, you, if we you, get to it. You're never getting to it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, all right, so I'm not going to get to that. If there's no commercial break. This is the power hour. Good for you. Oh, but I have to say this. I have been so remiss, and my boss is going to be mad at me. You can listen to our show live Sundays and Thursday evenings, 8 p.m. Eastern Time at uncooperativeradio.com, where you can also get apps for your devices, and you can download all our shows. Uh, We are rebroadcasted on redstatetalkradio.com, both Studio A and Studio B. They have 40-something shows. I don't know if the I, I I just can't keep up. They come and they go. Some some don't stick. Some don't stick. I don't know why. Uh, but anyway, 
So you want to go over there and check out redstatetalkradio.com for more than one reason. For one, they have a great newsletter that's absolutely free. I'm telling you, this is good stuff. Uh, it's not something I've seen anywhere else, and I I read it, and I very rarely have time to read much in my inbox anymore. Uh, and if you don't like it, look, just unsubscribe. We don't keep track. We're not going to hunt you down and go, why you unsubscribe? We don't, we don't keep It's private. Do, do what you want. But give it a shot. Uh, our show over there is on Studio A, Tuesdays and Fridays, 5 p.m. Eastern Time. And we have a 20, not we, Red City Talk Radio has a 24-7 listener line, not talk line, listener only. So you don't have to use your data at 605-562-4209, 605-562-4209. This, of course, is all available to you at the redstatetalkradio.com site. Not Red State Radio, Red State Talk radio.com the original not that from red state we are on studio b as well sunday 12 p.m eastern tuesday 9 a.m eastern friday 8 p.m eastern and that 24 7 to listen line is 518-712-0045 518-712-0045 the numbers are free of caustics uh, except where your carriers may exceptions may apply now, if you want to connect with me on, let's say, Twitter, at Brian Bonner. To spell the name right, it's that simple. At Brian Bonner, nothing more. Facebook, I'm going to challenge you just a little more. You ready? Brian Bonner 9-0. Pretty easy. There you go. We also have a uh, Facebook page for the show. I, I've had no time to like interact there, but I was hoping for you guys to interact amongst yourselves out there if you wanted to. If you're interested in that, go there. Like the page. Like everything. Follow everything. Comment. You know, whatever the stuff is that tells other people, go listen to the show. If you like the show, rate it. Leave a comment. Like it. Tweet it, etc. Whatever you do. Uh, spread the word. We're running out of time. I, I, I need a broader audience. We're running out of time. All right. Yeah, and if you... iTunes, all that stuff. We're on that, too. What iHeart. We're on iHeart. iTunes. Tune in through RedStateTalkRadio.com. We're branching out. I can't keep up on... Two, the people asking me to send them stuff. I'm like, I don't have I don't have a picture like that. I'm not going to take a picture. <laughs> They would have put me up on their site, and, you know, this happened, though, when, before Primo passed on. If you don't know, Primo, the uh, CEO and creator of RedStateTalkRadio.com, died a week ago Saturday. He died peacefully and no apparent pain, which is, which is nice. Again, it seems like God's taking him back. Calling him up. That makes me worry about another friend of mine. I I, I think I better call him. Uh, okay, we're going to move along now to We Will Never Forget Benghazi. In your emails, Hitlery. 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 From World Net Daily, Judicial Watch submitted to a federal court a plan to depose. Under oath, 
seven former and current State Department officials and aides of Hitler, Rotten, Clinton regarding the unsecure home email system through which more than 2,000 classified emails were sent when Clinton was Secretary of State in violation of the espionage law. The testimony of Clinton herself may be required, Judicial Watch said, in its filing with U.S. District Judge Emmett G. Sullivan in Washington. Based on information learned during discovery, the deposition of Mrs. Clinton may be necessary, wrote Michael Bacessa, counsel for Judicial Watch. If Judicial Watch believes Mrs. Clinton's testimony is required, it will request permission from the court at the appropriate time. The plan is subject to approval by Sullivan. World Net Daily reported Sullivan stated he was tired of the drip, drip, drip of declarations and granted discovery to Judicial Watch on February the 23rd. Sullivan's decision was hailed as a major victory by Judicial Watch, one of dozens of organizations with active Freedom of Information Act lawsuits related to the homebrew email server Clinton used from 2009 to 2013. Here is a prime example of why you cannot represent yourself effectively in courts anymore. Because if you don't have the resources to pressure the judge to to make sure your request is structured in such a way the judge cannot say no to it without getting himself in trouble, you're in trouble. See, it's not about justice justice or presenting a proper case. You've got to do it so that if the judge goes against it, he he risks losing his his seat. That forces him into giving you the ruling he wants. That's that's the benefit of attorneys. They know the system, they know the judges, they know what to say, they know the precedents to quote to make sure that you make the case. Like when I called the doctor on the phone and asked for extended medical care for my uh, my patients when I was a medic. I had all my ducks in a row. I knew exactly what I was going to say to the man to make sure he gave me what I wanted for my patient. I didn't care what he wanted. And all he wanted was a way in which to give it to me in which he had the least amount of exposure. That was the game I had to play as a medic dealing with doctors. It's quite political, don't you think? Politics isn't everything, and it's not good politics either. Uh... This is, again, if it, look how much they these very experienced lawyers had to push this judge to f- just get a FOIA or just get discovery information. It's just ridiculous. and But that's the difference between a good lawyer and you representing yourself. You're never going to pressure that judge into doing anything. If you represent yourself, you won't. That, that's not to say you shouldn't, because if you have no other choice, you might as well. Or, if you're, or actually, if your public defender is worse than you, you might as well go ahead. But really, it's a game that we're not part of, and they don't want us part of them. And I learned that when you do that, they make a they make a lesson out of you. They hold you up. That's what happens when you represent yourself. Well, that's because they're I all think living. both parties could have been better better served if uh, Mr. Ponner had proper representation. I had to hear that stuff. Because they are the elites. 
Yeah, because they did, they would have just got together and worked some back deal thing out and that'd be it. It'd be over. I, on the other hand, dragged it out, what was it, nine months? It was like having a baby. Not that I dragged it out. It takes that long. But no, you have to make motions, then they have to counter the motions, and you have to reply to the motions before the judge makes a decision. In other words, this is back. every motion has a back and forth like that. So, and there's a time lapse between each one that can they give up to a month, I think. Uh, maybe not, maybe two weeks. I don't know. It seemed like a lot of time. Uh, I was able to just do it, no problem. It didn't cost me anything. That part was fine. It's when you go into the courtroom where you get screwed. Yep, because they already have made their mind up. If yep. you don't have a lawyer, it's a circus. you're a piece of crap. Yep, and if you don't have a lawyer, he cannot let you. If I won, that would have hit the papers in Anaconda. That would be the end of judges' fiefdom. you got to be kidding me. This guy has been there forever. What? we got to talk about this stuff. Everybody's dealing with this I stuff. Know, they so are. it's not fair that we don't tell them what that we're dealing with this stuff. Yep, we are. She keeps hitting me. <laughs> like, I don't know what's in front of me. There is a story. All right, so we're going to go right to Sullivan said. There was reasonable suspicion that public access to official records related to the Democratic Democrat frontrunner was undermined. Judicial Watch said its plan for a narrowly tailored discovery was filed with the court this week, a deposition of Clint Wood, the organization said, happened only with the permission by the court. The discovery arises in a lawsuit by Judicial Watch. See, I, I didn't demanded that because you're entitled to that deposition. Absolutely. I had to go be deposed. Anyway, it uh, <clears throat> the discovery arises in a lawsuit by Judicial Watch that seeks records about the controversial employment status of Huma Abedin, former Deputy Chief of Staff to Clinton. The loss... Isn't that Wiener's girlfriend, too? Huma Abedin? I know she's a muzzy. The lawsuit was reopened because of revelations about the Clinton email.com system. Judicial Watch said it wants answers from Stephen Day Mole, Executive Secretary of the State Department from June... 2009 to October 2012. He suggested that Clinton be issued a State Department Blackberry, which would protect her identity and would also be subject to FOIA requests. Lewis A. Lukens, Executive Director of the Executive Secretariat from 2008 and 2011, he emailed with Patrick Kennedy and Cheryl Smith about setting up a computer for Clinton to check her ClintonEmail.com email account. Patrick F. Kennedy, under Secretary for Management since 2007, and the Secretary's Principal Advisor on Management Issues, including Technology and Information Services. Donald R. Reed, Senior Coordinator for Security Infrastructure Bureau of Diplomatic Security since 2003. He was involved in early discussion about Clinton using her BlackBerry and other devices to conduct official State Department business. This is good to point out. Notice that she's gone. And this is what we talk about with bureaucrats all the freaking time. These people are gone. But Patrick Kennedy, he's still there. Donald Reed, he's still there. I wonder if he's a Kennedy as well. You know? They I wonder say, if he's a Reed as well. Right. They stay. Cronyism is yep. thick in Washington. 
Cheryl D. Mills, Clinton's chief of staff throughout her four years as Secretary of State. Huma Abedin, Clinton's deputy chief of staff and senior advisor to Clinton throughout her four years as Secretary of State. She also had an email account on ClintonEmail.com. And Brian Pagliano, State Department Schedule C employee, Lord knows what that means, who has been reported to have serviced and maintained the server at that hosted the ClintonEmail.com system during Clinton's four years as secretary. The organization also listed the defendant's depositions regarding the processing of FOIA requests, including plaintiff's FOIA requests for emails of Clinton and Abedin, both during Clinton's tenure as Secretary of State and after. You know, it's just, again, we'll, we'll, call, we'll just call this a disgusting show. It's so disgusting that we have to have citizens go after these people. These people work for us. We shouldn't have to have... <laughs> not one of them thinks that. I'm sorry, not one of them thinks that. We'll see what Trump feels if he gets elected. Uh, but all the rest, they don't feel that way. Judicial Watch said it wants to know the following. Who was responsible for processing and or responding to record requests, including FOIA requests concerning emails of Clinton and other employees of the Office of the Secretary? Who was responsible for the inventorying or the accounting of Clinton's and Abedin's emails, according re records and information? Who was responsible for responding to plaintiff's FOIA requests from the date of submission to the present? And which State Department officials and employees had and or used an account on the ClintonEmail.com system to conduct official government business? Oh, man, heads are going to roll. Not Hitler, he's everybody else's watch. This discovery will help Judicial Watch get all of the facts behind Hitler, Rotten, Clinton's, and Abominus' <laughs> State Department... <laughs> <clears throat> Sorry, I don't have a cough button, and that one choked me. Yes, it did. <laughs> uh, the discovery will help you just watch get all... It's all of the facts that made me choke. They, there's no way they're going to ever get all the facts. Behind Hillary Rotten Clinton's and Obama's State Department's thwarting of FOIA so that the public can be sure that all of the emails from her illicit email system are reviewed and released to the public as the law requires, said Judicial Watch President Tom Fitton. World Net Daily reported the final batch of Clinton emails from her personal server were released by the State Department after 10 months of foot dragging. A slew of classified emails was found in the 14th and final release of documents that passed through Clinton's email setup. Of the 3,871 pages in the latest release, 261, including classified information. Of roughly 30,000 emails reviewed by State Department officials in total, at least 2,079 contain classified information. The total number of secret emails stands at 45, with 23 of those being released with the latest batch, the Washington Times reported. Clinton is now at the mercy of of the FBI as it conducts an investigation into her handling of government documents during her time as Obama's top diplomat. Agents will determine whether or not the Democratic Democrat president, it's Democrat, but now they're Democrat, presidential frontrunner should be prosecuted for violating 
a subsection of the Espionage Act related to gross negligence on the job. Yes, she should. Why is she, she should be wearing around? orange already? Yep. The Clinton server matter is being handled by career independent law enforcement agents, FBI agents, as well as career attorneys in the Department of Justice. Attorney General Loretta Lynch told Representative John Carter, Representative of Texas, at the beginning of the hearing, February 25. I am telling you, they are using, they are holding this over Clinton's head that if she gets the nomination, she's going to run. She's going to continue on their little project that Obama has started. That's the news behind that news. Because, look, Loretta Lynch... Never going to prosecute her. She would. They hate each other. The Clinton camp and, and the Chicago people, they, they're up, they like buying, vying for the same power. Uh, so they don't. there's no love loss there. But, however, if his ilk thinks they can own Hitlery by saying, oh, you know, we won't... We won't prosecute you on this, but... If only if you do X, Y, and Z, like we ask of you, they Whenever can hold it over. They can hold over head forever. That's what they do. You can, you can't see all that. Come on, why haven't they already dropped the hammer? Then there's enough information to prosecute her right now. Don't need any more. So why isn't Trey Gowdy prosecuting? You have to ask yourself that question, but I'm telling you it's because they're going to hold it over her head for leverage. Otherwise, they would have just done it. Like I said, even even the Obama camp doesn't like the Clintons. All right. Loretta Lynch told Representative John Carter, Republican of Texas, at a budget hearing February the 25th. They follow the evidence. They look at the law. And they'll make a recommendation to me when the time is appropriate. Political lawyers do not look to the law. They look to what is the end result they desire. And then they try and cobble together uh, a case to make to get it. That's what they do. They're, they're not looking for simple justice. No, no, no. They, they, the system is able to be rigged, and they know how to rig it. And if you're, if you do, you're in the game. You're a player. And if you don't, well, your clients get hosed. The Republican National Committee poured over the documents released by the State Department and concluded. 2,063 emails contain classified information on foreign relations or foreign activities of the United States, including confidential sources. 1,478 emails contain... Only one of these emails needs to exist, ladies and gentlemen, for her to go behind bars. Yep. One. One! Why, again, is she not behind bars? 1,478 emails contain classified foreign government information. 28 emails contain classified information on intelligent activities, including covert action, intelligence sources, or methods, or cryptology, all of which are on an open server on the internet, and which China, we already was disclosed, China and Russia both access that server. There was nothing to keep them out. Of course they were going to enter that server. All they had to do was put in the commie tags and it came right to it. After all, again, 
no protection for the server. You know, and you listen to her ramble on in her screeching, disgusting, no, shrill voice. No, it's not voice. screeching. They say that. It's not screeching. It's like shrill. she's talking down to you with a witch voice or something. It's just horrible. It's just grating. It's annoying. Well, she's asking. And it's annoying. And she's like, no, I'm not going to tell you. Well, really? You're going to tell me? Well, she she said, I heard a clip from her saying that what the qualifications of the uh, president should be in one, are they able to protect you? Um, you didn't protect these people that uh, they got all these emails about. You uh, didn't protect anyone sorry. in Benghazi. Is she going to stop yeah, the now. flood of illegal aliens into our country? Is she going to stop the the criminal Central American, South American, and African people from coming over here and Syrian people? And is she going to do any of that? No. She couldn't even protect our embassy, which is our soil on another right. land. She lost the protection thing with Benghazi. It's over. We found out what would happen at 4 a.m. when they when the call came in. It wasn't answered. They got voicemail. And I'd be using that commercial, <laughs> yes, boy. Oh, if man. she gets the nomination, I'd make her eat Benghazi constantly. I'm serious. I would, I would be relentless. I don't care what anyone says politically. I'm going to bury that woman, and I'm going to bury her as hard as possible. I don't care if I don't get elected, but she's going to get buried because she's everything wrong with this country. She is everything that is wrong with this country. I know. I don't like him because he's black. I like her because she's a female. I don't know. I like Sarah Palin. She's a female. Uh, I like my wife. She's a female. Uh, uh, I like my neighbor who's a commie, and she's she's a female. You racist bastard. You sexist bastard. you got to get it right if you're going to do it. It's a, <laughs> That wasn't racist. <laughs> you sound like the people that talk about Muslims. You racist. Muslim is it a race, right. you fool. That shows how stupid you are. Don't talk to me about something you don't understand just based on what someone else told you to believe. You're on the internet. Go look it up, you fool. What a use, useful idiots out there. Look, I feel bad for the millennials that have half a brain left in their head uh, because you're lumped in with the, the other knuckleheads. And all of it's our fault. It's none of the kids' fault. The millennials didn't create the system that brainwashed them. We did. But millennials hate me because I, I bring up what millennials are. But that's just a fact. That That's just a fact. That's what they are. As a whole, as a group. There are always exceptions. There are always people smarter or able to withstand uh, pressure and brainwashing. Always. But that's not the average millennial. The average millennial is a left-wing Kool-Aid drinker. Useful idiot. The, uh, the bankers and, and let's call Wall March on Wall Street, Occupy Wall Street. And What did they accomplish? That's the other thing. You can always tell when something's good or evil. Judge a tree by its fruits. What did they accomplish? They screwed up everybody's lives in New York City is what they did. They didn't accomplish anything positive. Everything negative. Evil. Just an evil cancer plopped itself in Manhattan. Uh, that's why it went nowhere. It does nothing. Because if you judge a tree by its fruits, the fruits always are horrible. Muslims. Islam. What Do I have to even say anything? What is the fruit of that tree? Death, destruction, murder, 
the destruction of intelligence, the, the art, history, religion. They destroy it all everywhere they go, including individuals, females, and children. Be damned. You people say us heterosexual white males are privileged. We have white privilege. Well, what do you think about the uh, muzzies that have the muzzy privilege of uh, you know, raping, beating, killing their wife, kids? You know, anything they want to do that their family could do on the name of Islam is nothing you can do about it. What do you think about a religion that calls itself a religion like that? Well, you're not going to get lied to here, which is why I only have a very special core of listeners that are unwavering. Others come, others go. It's a process. Do I have to read any more of this? Not if you don't want to. I, I really don't. Because it's not going to... There's there's nothing in here that's going to be final. It's done. This is going to happen to her. Nothing. It's more talk about what they should do, what they could do, what they're going to do, what they're not. Just call a dang grand jury up and get it done. I'm telling you, there's pressure on Gowdy right now. The, the left is pushing Gowdy to give him hearings. And I love their mantra that they're putting on the day. He's this moderate, blah, blah. Uh, no, he's not. No, he's not. There's no such thing as proper judicial temperament when it goes against the Constitution and the rule of law. That is not judicial temperament. That's judicial intemperament. And they should be impeached for it. Yes, I know the difference between should and it's going to happen tomorrow. But it doesn't mean it can't happen in the future. Future is still holds all kinds of possibilities. It's up to us to take hold of our opportunity now so that we can take advantage of the opportunities of the future. Well, my least favorite topic of all time, because I've been talking about it for about, I don't know, 15 years now. <laughs> the Illegal Alien Invasion Report from World Net Daily. Yes, I used to be the owner, the creator, and the founder of Coalition Against Illegal Immigration. Well, we have to play the button. Oh, well then push it. <laughs> Let's get a grip on immigration in these great United States. It's high time that we limit their numbers. It's high time that we close up that gate. Now can't you see how we are rapidly becoming another third world fascist state? Let's get a grip on immigration in these great United States Okay, thank you called Clang Clang with the K.com and of course it's time for the Legal Alien Invasion Report from World Net Daily The Senate heard testimony with Nesday that examined the impact of immigration on U.S. workers. And one of the more stringent rebukes of current U.S. policy came from an unlikely source. U.S. Civil Rights Commissioner Peter Kersenow. 
Kirstenau testifies that blacks have been hurt more by President Caesar Barack Obama's immigration policies than perhaps any other subgroup of the population. During that period, the U.S. has been importing about one million legal immigrants per year, along with 350,000 to 400,000 or more immigrants, aliens, who hop the border illegally or overstay their visas and never come home. The evidence that we gathered shows that unequivocally the wage and employment levels of black Americans are disproportionately adversely affected by illegal immigration, particularly when it pertains to the effect on black males. Kersenow told the Judiciary Committee's Subcommittee on Immigration and the National Interest. Since the beginning of 2008 recession, there has been an increase of 2 million working age blacks in the population, he said. However, during the same period of time, the number of blacks currently in the workforce also 2 million less. So there has been no net increase in the number of employed blacks, despite a substantial increase in the black population. And that's curious about that, though, is that during the same time period of time, during the same period of time, (laughs) 4.4 million more foreign-born workers were employed in the United States. You know, so the black president is screwing the black people. Correct, Amundo. And all the black... He always has been. And all the black people that are in office in charge of this because he, he put blacks and women in charge of everything. They're screwing their own people. Yeah, that'd be correct. And then Al Sharpton, who he's allowing to be his advisor, is screwing the black people. Another black man. Correct. This is just wonderful. Black lives are wonderful. Yeah, well, white lives matter because we have firearms. Well, yeah, I know the criminals have firearms too, but we shoot back. Then I'm used to that. Okay, I just wanted you to briefly talk about this. Go on to the next article because you have a different take on it than I do, and it's we have like 10 minutes left. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, goodness. Okay. From the CNSNews.com. On Wednesday, the House Judiciary Committee is scheduled to mark up the Refugee, Refugee Program Integrity Restoration Act, H.R. 4731, a bill that would allow state and local governments to refuse, uh, yeah, to refuse to resettle foreign refugees within their jurisdictions. Currently, the State Department's nine contracted domestic resettlement agencies are the ones to decide where to place refugees in about 190 communities throughout the United States. What gives now, them... is this part of the State Department, or is this part of the UN? Again, what gives them the right to tell me who I can and cannot take into my community? Screw you. According to the Department's reception and place of program, there's no reason for a new law. They don't have the power to bring in refugees at all. Uh, states do, because they haven't amended the Constitution. The federal government does not. The national government, it's not federal. The national government does not. I know they do whatever they want, That's, but what they do isn't legal. That When enough people realize that, they will be thwarted. Now, uh, so the domestic resettlement agency smells suspiciously 
like a United Nations operation. Doesn't it, though? Because it is, of course. Uh, So they decide where to put them. No, they don't. We don't have to take them at all. There's no responsibility. We have zero responsibility to the rest of the world or the United Nations and the other world governance bodies up there. No, we don't. We're not like the rest of the world. We're not told who our leaders are. We tell our leaders who they are. Think on that. It's like a haiku. Only better. <laughs> Who likes haikus? Uh, okay. Uh, okay. Well, I'm going to go down a little bit in the because I want you to listen to hear the, what this. You got to speak up then. But what these idiots are doing. The bill clearly discriminates against Muslim as the intended target, said Reverend John McCullough, a United Methodist minister from New Jersey and president of Church World Service, which resettled 14,228 refugees some from sub-Saharan Africa in the U.S. in 2014, according to its website. McCullough told reporters that he finds it offensive that under the bill, states and localities would be allowed to to determine who was welcome instead of the federal government. Right. Are you freaking kidding me? But right now it's not supposed to be. There's no power for them to do this anyway. How dare he say that to a freaking state or a county or anybody in this United States? You have to take this person into your house. They don't say that exactly. Sorry. But again, he's like, it's offensive that the states have the right, their own rights. I don't care what he thinks. The states are supposed to, but they don't. But they're supposed to. Because he's getting money. And also, he he's, does whatever he's told His to do. His organization is getting money for resettling these people. Whose organization? The United Methodist World Church. He's, he's the vice president who was saying it. <sighs> yeah, but when you say he... Again, command of the English language requires you to use proper nouns. Okay. He doesn't mean anything. There's a thousand he's you could be discussing. I said Reverend John McCullough, a United Methodist minister from New Jersey and president of the world of Church World Service. Except when you said he, it sounded like Obama because only he was telling us where to put them. Yes, he is. I know he is. Through executive order. Yes, so so are all these organizations. They work for him. I don't care in the United Nations and they're all criminals and they're all commies and they all need to go. Yep, if you're a collectivist, you're a moron anyway, so I'm sorry. Uh, you're, you're probably not listening to this show because it actually takes a good amount of intellect to keep up. Uh, we present things here pretty fast. I'm sorry, but there's so much that I can't even get to. I have to I have to come at you with everything I got all the time. And it says... Of the 776 Syrians admitted since the terrorists attacked in Paris last November, only three are Christians. Well, considering our government uses the Unconstitutional Immigration Acts to help destroy our country, purposely destroy our country, and yes, they do it. If you're sitting there going, that's not fair. No, well, it is fair. It's been going on for a very long time, and Edward Kennedy was at the head of the whole thing. To brown up America. He didn't care what crap he brought in. He just wanted brown skin. Who's the racist now? I have nothing against their skin color. Wouldn't even be a question on my immigration form. I'd want to know what their religion is. And I'd want a way to prove what their religion is. Sans that, you're not allowed in at all. First of all, legal immigration has got to be stopped for a breather. 
while we figure things out, seal the wall, get the wall up, seal the borders down so that we control the access points in and out of our country. Then we can start talking about other things that, that need to be done. But until that first and then second deportation, there's no third. The American people have had it on this issue. They've spoken numerous times. Seal the border and shut up about anything else until it's done. They don't want to seal the border. They're never going to seal the border unless we find a way to force them to seal the border. I'll tell you, I think both Cruz and Trump will do their best to seal the border. But I think Trump will actually get it done. Will they start sealing the border when we start shooting these people at will? No, you do that, you lose your ranch. They take you to pr- the Mexican government takes you to prison, uh, takes you to court, and takes your land away from you for daring to. You got to be kidding! One rancher lost his ranch for daring to hold them at gunpoint until the border patrol got there. Lost his ranch in a civil case. This is the this is the court system we have. The national government does not want to seal that border. They do not want you to stop them from coming in they want them to come in they want to destroy the united states of america and install the united states of socialist states united socialist soviet states something like that i don't know you know what i'm saying we're a socialist country we need another s somewhere and they want they just want the americas to become homogenous and they want Africa and the Middle East and uh, all and Asia to become homogenous. And that we're not going to do that as a people. We are going to fight it at different levels. The Muslims are never going to do it. We've been fighting them since the country began. And they're still here. Those fuzzy muzzies are still over the Barbary Coast. The Barbary Coast, the, the Libya is where the actual uh, land battle was ended. It was at at the capital of the caliphate with the caliph in Libya. What oh. is it? Well, it is now Libya. Yeah, and Kellery doesn't know where Benghazi is. <laughs> Obviously, because I told you, though, you're wrong. She said not one person was killed on my watch in Libya. She's right. There were, uh, what, four in Benghazi. There's all the all the people on the ground in Libya shooting at each other, blowing each other up. She, was, she didn't lie. This is how they get away with what they do. They manipulate the words. They learned it from whom? Noam Chomsky. Look them up. That's where they learned it from. She she did not lie, so there will be no micro-expressions that could t- tells. It would work where they, uh, any test they give her, lie detector test, because she didn't lie. Because there was more than one. There were lots. There wasn't only one. There was lots of people died. See? See how that worked? She didn't lie. She said there was not one. And there wasn't. There was more. See? I know. It's hard to wrap your head around. I don't know how I did it a long time ago. But, yeah, I got the Clinton during Bill's and Bill's little endeavor into destroying our world. Uh, and becoming the most important uh, sexual predator on the planet. And I'm out of time. It's a communist plot. I swear. This is your Radio Show. I'm your host, Brian Bonner. From uncooperativeblogger.com, you're listening to uncooperativeradio.com, and say goodnight, Susan. Good night, Susan. And we're out of here.